Two. No. Podcast. With. Chad Ferguson. Hey everybody, this is Chad and I want to know and I'm here today with Paul Nye. He's a local artist. We did a podcast a little while ago and uh, I did a, a real faux pas and I didn't check to make sure the mics were off on the cameras and so it turned out to be uh, garbage sounding. It was awful. So, sorry, uh, but we got you back. Thank you, you had the free time. Yeah, no worries. Glad to be back. Awesome, awesome. Um, I was trying to think, do we want to talk about the same stuff we did last time? or I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just roll with something new. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul, uh, you were in the oil field for a long time mm-hmm. and then uh, decided to just take your hand at art and... Uh, into that, sort of, yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, we've been talking about the last uh, two podcasts. You can see some of Paul's art in the background, and we're just gonna keep rotating through it until you stop giving us art to rotate through. Yeah, you're done. You're cut off. <laughs> That's it. Not allowed it anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, you also brought us a gift. Uh, what is this stuff? Are we allowed to advertise alcohol on here? Can uh, I see the bottle? Customer dropped this off to me last night. I've never had it before. Local nut, Captain Morgan's. Uh, it's like a coconut liqueur. It's, yeah, it's not gross. It is not gross. It's quite heavenly, actually. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Dangerous. It's a good yeah. thing it's not full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, I didn't load up on beer before you came this time, so we only got a couple beers to get through before the podcast. That's going to be a short over. podcast. <laughs> short podcast. <laughs> fifty nine and fifty nine, and we shut her down. Agreed. <laughs> so what uh, what projects are you working on now? Uh, right now I'm just concentrating on uh, learning tattooing. So I'm... Nice. Uh, well, I guess I'm kind of thrown into it now. But uh, yeah, I got tomorrow and Friday booked up solid. So Nice. And then, what kind uh, of stuff are you doing? A lot like your airbrushing stuff or what kind of projects? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all over the place right now. I got, uh, you know... The odd walk-ins coming in, so it's kind of nice. all over the board with that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to book some of my, you know, my past clients, uh, airbrush clients. Very and, cool. Uh, a lot of the stuff transfers over pretty nicely, so it's yeah, I bet relatively. Uh, I don't know. It's not that hard. Eh? <laughs> we talked about Co- this before. Co- coming from a guy yeah. who's got zero art background, <laughs> I have a tough time drawing a stick, man. My my daughter's an artist, and mm-hmm. for it was probably about a summer, we all got sketch pads, and we would just sit down for a couple of hours each night, and we would all sketch something. And she's well versed. Like since yeah. the time she knew what a crayon was, she was drawing, coloring, and and all that stuff. And so her arts kind of progressed. None of us have. So it's, it's but have you been sketching every night too? No, 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 well, no. That's why it hasn't progressed. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> hers, hers are beautiful. She doesn't, she doesn't like them as much as we do. Uh, self-critical. That, yeah, that's the way of it, though, right? Yeah, you're your own worst critic. How'd you get over stuff. it? Oh, I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I can find every flaw in every piece I do. Right. I and bet. I, I know they're there. Yeah, yeah. Right, but uh, at some point you got to go. It's done. Yeah. On to the next thing, and you know. Yeah. I get, I don't know how else to put it, I guess. You ha- you have to know, though, like, you've got massive fans. Like, everyone that mm. sees your art is raving about it. I don't, like, you've never taken criticism for it. Um, oh, yeah. There's is always there? critics, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a shame. Uh, there's definitely lots of stuff out there that I've, you know, put out in the past that when I, when I look at it now, it's a little cringy. You yeah, know? yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I think... We are our own worst critics for sure. I get, I get where your daughter's coming from on that one because, yeah. like I said, I mean every every piece I do, I 
<clears throat> Sometimes I walk away really happy with it. Like yesterday, you know, the customer I did the tattoo for that dropped this off for me, yeah. uh, local guy here, been friends for a long time. Yeah. You know, he walked out with a huge smile on his face and that's, that's the high, right? Right. Like when somebody's super pumped about the job. And then I've, I've seen the other end of that too, where, you know, you missed it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't get what they were going for. And, uh, and, and that translates and you see it in their body language immediately and it crushes you, man. Like yeah. it really does, right? I can only imagine. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping more and more to get into doing stuff that I just want to do and yeah. and then whether or not somebody wants to buy it later, great. And Yeah, we definitely yeah. talked about that in the last podcast about yeah. uh, almost, you know, building the spec home kind of thing where you're just going to, yeah. you're going to, you know, build a motorbike or a car or do whatever, put it out uh, there and... Uh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You need to go after those uh, city of Calgary art projects where uh, you get to do a big blue ring on a on a bridge and get paid one and a half million dollars. Yeah, it's funny. I, I bid on a on an art project here for uh, city of Airdrie, and I won't get into details. But I've lost my taste for <laughs> government oh, bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pretty much have to know somebody in there. I bet, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, was I, it? Uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna throw I, a, I can't really get into a lot of detail without okay. throwing some people under the bus. So I was I'm just gonna say I got. I'm, a guy I'm, I'm just throw gonna under leave it at that because <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm starting to get choked just talking about. It. <laughs> I have a drink and uh, yeah. The uh, <clears throat> I've been trying to get the mayor on here forever uh, on the Mr. podcast. Brown. Peter Brown. He seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, he's um, must be really busy though, because he's difficult to nail down, and he's got a gatekeeper who we said just call her and and book it in, mm-hmm. and she's got a million questions, and you know, uh, I would will, imagine they got to pre-screen everything you're going to ask him, and it's, that's that's tough for a podcast situation, I would think, because you're kind of doing stuff on the fly, right? Yeah, it's super it's super no hard to stick to that script and know what it is, because I don't want that. I don't want to have it laid out like here's the ten questions I'm going to ask every single person I meet. Yeah, I keep I, going. He'll be begging to get on your yeah. podcast. Right? <laughs> I think you know when I see him out in public, um, he he recognizes me. Yeah. Um, we talk a little bit, and he's like, oh, well, "When are we gonna do this?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Your gatekeeper just she won't book him nights, which nights is the best for me. Yeah. And then the days, it's like six months out, which I might just have to do. Do you want me to talk to him for you, Chad? That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> just right. put a little muscle. I'll have on my it. people call those people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I uh, my podcast guest last night was. Um, um, Bob Wilkie, uh, uh, NHL hockey player, yeah. uh, retired. Yeah, you were pretty excited to have him on the show last time we spoke. He was amazing. He he's a really good uh, speaker. He um, he's he was in the, the, the big bus cl- crash in the eighties, uh, the Broncos. So just like the one we had recently, yeah. um, he was in one in the eighties where he watched a bunch of friends die, and that's the catalyst Jeez. for um, what he's doing now. It's called "I Got Mind," and he's trying to teach young people and young athletes on how to have the right mindset to go into a sport and life and goal. Um, um, uh, goal setting and stuff like that. Right. It's a really, really cool program. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Is that one going up live or going Thursday, up on Thursday? Yeah. Thursday, Thursday, it's going okay. out. So yeah, he he was he was absolutely fantastic. Sounds and and I haven't had a bad podcast in a while, <laughs> other than my recording ability. So uh, th- I've been lucky. My guests have been <laughs> no, yours. Yours was awesome. I uh, I wish we didn't have to throw it out, but I literally deleted it off my computer. I'm like, well, this is. It this was that bad. 
it was so statically staticky um, that you could barely hear our voices. And I did everything I knew trying to clean it up. Uh, Michael Peterson showed me some stuff because I had the same thing happen on his podcast. Yep. And of course, he's a radio guy. So he's like, you can't put that out. You I gotta. was listening. To his, yeah. And you could hear him really well, but you were really muffled in the background. If I yeah. Correctly. yeah. And that was just him messing with it. And yep. it's we figured it out afterwards. It was the cameras. And then as soon as I started listening to the one me and you record, I'm like, oh, the damn cameras. So you have to turn the mics off on the cameras Correct. so that it's just these ones. Feeding. That's right. So it's almost like a feedback thing when they're, gotcha. you're hearing it from yep. two separate sides. And the, the software we're using doesn't allow us to have separate inputs. So if we use like a garage band, suppose you can do that. Right. So um, if anyone out there is looking to sponsor a podcast with some so- software. Yeah. Yeah. Now is there a chance? Garage band. Hey. Yeah. We're going to yep. go... Uh, Oh, what's the name of this company? I'm going to be so mad at myself. We're going to upgrade our hardware. We're going to get a new uh, a computer. What's it called? It's DB. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, local guy that builds computers and stuff. He's going to. Uh, well, put a David. Co- yeah. David. Yeah. yeah. French guy. Yeah. Uh, he's going to put some stuff together for us, so we have cool. way better software. Yeah. What's that? DBCS computers. There's a shout out for David. Um, go check him out. He's got like thousands of computers in his house. And, yeah, been there. Yeah. And it's reasonable to shop there too. So mm-hmm. he's an awesome guy. Yeah, cheapest graphic cards in Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do some upgrades and try to minimize our mistakes on the show and, and nice. get some new stuff out there. Um, so tomorrow and uh, Friday, you're in tattoo shop. What tattoo shop are you working out of? Uh, Shell Shock Tattoo and Piercing in Northeast Calgary. So okay, right across. You know where TNT Supermarket and Canadian Tire is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just on the opposite side of 36. Oh, where they redone all those uh, malls. Yeah, there's a strip mall there with... um, Timmy's in it. Yeah, we're right upstairs above the Tim's. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, come on down. We'll get yanked up. I know. I've been... Since we talked last time, so we talked about trading maybe some advertising for uh, some tattoos. You're breaking up. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, I got uh, thinking about tattoos again and what I want done. I'm like, "Mm, I might have to uh, go get... uh, Yeah, we'll talk. Some more pain in there. I uh, Bob Wilkie was on last night, and I asked him if he had any tattoos, and he's like, I have one little one. It was uh, Yosemite Sam with a hockey stick he got when he was like 18 just to kind of piss off his parents, I think. And he said it was too much pain for him. He's an NHL... Uh, defenseman. He's had his nose broken more times than he can count, and the tattoo is too much for him. It's a different kind of pain, it and, very and much some is. people just really can't handle it. I, I had one bad experience here a while back uh, with a lady, and yeah. Uh, yeah, she just she couldn't take it. She was kept pulling away, and it made it impossible to do a good job. And so, it was, what do you do in that situation? Finish it and. Just be, a- be angry for a couple of days. That's because <laughs> you know it's a piece of crap and it's out there. And, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I'm. That's the only one that I've had. So you was, tell her she's was, walking out the door. Don't tell anyone I did this. Uh, I don't even think I gave her my name to be truthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be Fred, your tattoo artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember uh, being at a bar downtown and it was like a fetish style bar and they were doing like this uh, pain night one night. So there was a guy getting tattooed in a bar and another guy sure. trying to do the world record for piercing. And uh, I was. That sounds horrible. They were going to do um, two. Uh, like train tracks down his back and just like, you know, every half inch all the way down and it's just make the two stripes on his back. And I looked at the guy that was receiving the piercings Mm -hmm. and I went, there's no way this guy's going to last. Just, he doesn't have it in him. He'll, 
you'll wimp out way too early. So I went to the piercer. I said, did you know this guy's not going to do it, right? And he's like, no, 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 he's good. I said, I guarantee you I could make it through. So how about you uh, just do the piercings on me? Because I'll, you know, I'm fully in. I can take it. And uh, <laughs> he's like, no, 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 this guy already said he would. And he wants to be part of the world record and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. And like half an hour in, they got, I don't know, 20 uh, pins in. And, and he tapped out. And he tapped out. He was done. I was like, oh, so ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. It's a... Uh... It's different for everyone, I guess, or it must be. I certainly yeah. get different reactions from everybody, right? Well, you have a few tattoos, so you've lasted yeah. through it. Yeah, uh, the one on my arm there is uh, the longest sitting I've had, and it's uh, it was about three and a half hours. And yeah, yeah by the time uh, his next appointment <laughs> rolled in, I was <laughs> I was pretty glad I didn't have to be the one to physically tap out because I was really close. Close, yeah, yeah. I found that uh, after a certain amount of time, it, not numb, but you just your, your brain shuts down and it's like, I'm not even going to think about this anymore. And that lasts for a while, right? I think as yeah. long as your body is producing the... The adrenaline. The adrenaline. And you get and that, that steel taste in your mouth. And, yeah, and you yeah. Can, yeah, you can hang on to that for a while and then after after a certain point, it just sort of feels like somebody's going at you with a rusty saw, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the longest you'll tattoo somebody? Uh, so far, the longest sitting I've done is four hours, but... Okay. That, that's And they handled it pretty good? Yeah. 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 Is there a rule in tattooing? Like you're not like you would say like no, I had four hours. I'm not going to do any more. We'll book it for another day. Um, no, not so much that. You, I mean, you, you could sit there and go as long as both parties could take it, right? The, the artist and the, and the person. But a lot of times, uh, so, sorry, in my limited knowledge at this point, yeah, uh, what I'm finding is that uh, you know people's skin will tell you when it's done. Oh, okay, like, red, uh, swollen. Yeah, it'll start to puffer or you know it can only take so much abuse and yeah. everybody's line's different right yeah yeah i've seen uh a couple now where it's just like almost instantly wow. uh, it's it's telling you no it's yeah, done yeah. right like it i guess it's got a lot to do with health too right if you're not well hydrated like i i know they're against uh having people drinking while they're getting tattoos or before sure. they get tra- yeah. tattoos thins your blood too much so or far something. nobody's complained about the artist being drunk <laughs> just, as long as the tattoo's good kidding, we're good kidding we don't do that it's a very professional show yeah edibles right you don't want to drink because you can smell it <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's an angle I might have to give a try. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, legal now in Canada, so you That's can get nearly anything. Yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah. Well, I wonder if that would affect the tattoo at all, if someone came in uh, high on pot. Oh, I, I no. wouldn't imagine, eh? No, not at all. Just it would be more relaxed. Not at all, as long as it doesn't make them fidget more or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might end up with a shitty tattoo if they can't stop wiggling. There you go. It's like a bad haircut. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you got no one to blame but yourself if you're sitting there squirming around, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk more about your art. Because last time I was thinking about it after you left that uh, I never really found out anything about the technique or how you do it or what kind of airbrush you use or anything like that. You're looking for like... Yeah, I need to start a school. And, yeah, like, yeah. T- tell me how to become an airbrush artist. All right. Uh, well, nobody endorses me, so I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, yeah, I started out using Iwata airbrushes. Um, I've stuck with them. I haven't really tried anything else. I Are they just like the, the little jar on the bottom in the pan? That's a siphon feed. I use a gravity feed, so they're top-fed. Oh, okay. Um, with the siphon feed, there's a, a bit of a hesitation, so you kind of have to get used to... Oh, the paint not being there immediately as you start to pull your line. So it's uh, I, I, a lot of the, the guys that do t-shirt airbrushing and stuff like that will use those because they're a 
you know, you can buy a, a good quality siphon feeder brush for a hundred bucks. So you yeah. can have 15 of them loaded up with different colors and different jars oh, okay. and buy the paints and they just kind of designed to screw right onto the bottom. But yeah, um, I use high end automotive paint, yeah. uh, all house of color, urethane, solvent based stuff, uh, little frowned on in the industry anymore because everybody's going over to the the dark side the water based and is that because the uh toxins and stuff like that well that's what they claim right but it's uh it's more about the volatile organic compounds in the paints vocs that, that's right and the uh, the big players in the game like house of color and ppg dupont those guys have figured out ways to get the voc levels actually lower than yeah the requirements without having to switch to waterborne so there you go we have it uh, in our industry too in spray foam they're always worried about uh the vocs in the yep. foam and they've managed to and it's legit like you know there's you, a lot of a lot it. of painters died early right or went crazy mm-hmm. you remember the yeah. old body shop guys they were just flipping nuts yeah twitching and <laughs> yeah <laughs> smoking to keep the toxins out of their lungs right yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> there are stories of uh spray foamers back in the day we were a full like a firefighter's full face sheet Yep. and we're supposed to put air into it some guys just put the uh, organic pox on there um, but the old frenchman back go back would drill a little hole in their mask so they could slide their cigarette yeah. in as they it's were not really working for you the way no, it's supposed you to. imagine your mask just filling up with smoke and just breathing <laughs> that in be like a cheech and chong movie <laughs> i couldn't even imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different time back then. You yeah. can't get away with that stuff anymore. We don't want to. Who wants to breathe no. in isocyanate and polyol resin? Yeah, it's and... not all it's cracked up to be, right? <laughs> no. it's, a, it's a good quick buzz, but the headache after is a killer. Oh. They, uh, they say it's called MDI overexposure when you've had too much isocyanates. Yeah. They say it's like having the worst flu of your life for the rest of your life. Can you imagine that? Like, I, Well, if it's anything like the, uh, the headache you get after it, it's... Oh. Uh, I definitely uh, don't want to sign up for that. Yeah, ventilation is critical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're set up in your garage now for painting, right? Or you're Um, I No, I'm, well, a little bit, right? I'm I'm just doing a little bit of the airbrushing at home because it's more of a comfortable space. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, as far as uh, anything bigger where guys shooting any base coats or clear coats, uh, that's all happening out at uh, Reaper Creations in Crossfield. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Renting a little corner out of the shop there, and him and I work together really well. So, yeah, uh, that's going good. So, uh, if you ever need any collision repair, uh, you know, custom paint, any of that stuff, definitely hit him up. Uh, Best advertiser ever. The guy's a wizard on a spray gun, right? So, um, uh, he's he's the first guy that I felt comfortable handing my stuff over. Okay, put a clear coat over this, right? Or, really? Um, I I've tried it with different places before, and I you know I won't shit talk anybody, but uh, yeah, uh, one of the reasons I had to to learn how to, to do coat, a lot of this stuff is because I couldn't get it to come back from a body shop consistently. Yep. where I needed it to be. Did you want a beer? Absolutely. I uh, feel like I'm being a bad host. You got beer sitting down here, and I didn't even offer you one. It only took you a few minutes. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I'm just you know checking into his work, and and uh, when we met, uh, he came out to my shop out in Calgary before I closed it down, and we had a couple of good conversations, and came out and helped me for a day working on an old uh, antique car that I had in the shop there. From and, and antiques here in town. Sorry? Mantiques here in town? No, I said an old antique Oh, car. antique, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, not a Mantique. You know the Mantique guy here in town? I know Todd, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Everybody cool. knows Todd. Yeah, hey, of course. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he's just uh, very obviously knew exactly what he was doing, and very cool, and uh, uh, one of the best of the best, as far as I'm concerned. And awesome. Watching him work is uh, it's, it's like an it's, art of its own, isn't oh, it? Absolutely, yeah. and it's and it, you know you can't be a slave to to two masters, right? So I'm I, I'm very happy to hand over that part of it because it's a very important part of it. Yeah. But it's a it's a stressful part for me because I don't have the background and the training and that. So for me to, you know, it he he gets there faster than I do. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, you know, I I can't shoot clear coat the way he shoots clear coat, and, and, I, and I lay it down pretty pretty nice. Yeah, and I was gonna <laughs> so, say like that's a a one of a kind art piece that he's covering up. So if he messes yeah. up the clear coat, well, you've just wrecked that piece of art. Well, he doesn't. <laughs> True enough. Yeah, yeah. The um, where do you get your inspiration? What drives you? Are you online looking at pictures, or are these just Mostly all coming out? Fear your... of losing my home. <laughs> <laughs> just keep painting. Yeah, just keep, keep painting. painting. That's it. Maybe this guy will pay me on time. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of being self-employed. Yeah, man. I recommend it to everyone just, oh. just so they can realize how good they got it with their nine to fiver, man. I spent my whole youth. I was just telling a guy today because he he uh, came from his own spray foam company to work for us. So mm-hmm. he shut down his company. And I kind of did the same thing. I shut down a renovation company to go work for Beyond Foam. And I was pretty bitter about it at first, but work was slow and far uh, between. And um, so there was a bit of a challenge to, to pay my bills at the time. Yep. And these guys offered me a full-time job and I was like, reluctantly, I took it. Um, and now nine years later, I look back and it was like, best decision I ever made. Because I spent from the time I was 15 until I was, uh, what is that, 40, no, 38 years old as self-employed and just yep. struggling the whole time. And yeah. it it has its perks, right? It definitely yeah. has its perks. And it, and it depends on your goal, I guess. Like some people are really... Um, really good with just following the business to where it where it naturally kind of courses to where it's going to make money right right uh business just kind of have two ways of evolving one's organic and one is very focused and driven right yeah and if you're not careful it very easily goes off course right it takes one big sexy contract to walk in the door that's you know uh, an offshoot of something that you were doing yeah um, to just pull you in a whole different direction yeah and I found that happening quite repeatedly yeah. uh, when I had my business in Calgary and it was one of the the most stressful parts of it was trying to keep it on course and try and keep it I'm, I'm trying to be an artist yeah uh, I don't want to spray box liners man <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. but if you're going to bring me 10 box liners a month, I'll spray box liners, right? Yeah. Um, but that just steals away from your ability to be an artist. Like every box you spray is one more piece of art you're not and, working on. And yet when you have a slow month and nobody's coming in to get their bike airbrushed or whatever, and right. you still got 5,000 in overhead, it's... Yeah. Um, sure, I'll spray your box liner, right? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't doing anything else. And yeah. You know, definitely need the money, so. That wasn't my problem with when I ran my business. My problem was I was very, very good at construction, at drywall, at renovations, all that kind yeah. of stuff. I sucked at books and marketing and, and all the hard stuff of uh, business. And now I'm in a company, and there's someone to do that job, and I just oversee it. I just look and I'm like, oh, yeah, you did that very good. Thank you, because yeah. <laughs> nice. that's not my mindset. But yeah, uh, paperwork's kind of my nemesis as well. 
about oh, Pence. It's nothing like having CRA sending you a letter going, hey, <laughs> how come you haven't? I'm like, I don't even know how. <laughs> All right, quit jinxing it here. We don't <laughs> <laughs> it's like you say it they three times, it'll be, be a knock <laughs> on the door, right? CRA, CRA. I got to turn the GPS on my phone off. Hold on a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> turn the microphone off, too. Google's listening. Yeah. Always. Hmm. Did you know, I was listening to a podcast today about a guy that bought a broken Tesla and uh, rebuilt it. And Tesla doesn't like you doing that. They only want their people doing it. Wasn't there a documentary about that guy? Uh, or did, there was a, like a show about it. I remember watching something about that. He's got a YouTube channel. It's a, That's what it was. It was a YouTube channel. I watched a bunch of that. <laughs> yeah, man. He's pissing people off. Left, right, and center. But uh, Good um, on him. Love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's 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 actually quit his job, and it's called. Um, he's got like racks something and rebuilds. racks and racks of parts in his garage in his basement. And yeah, he'll phone Tesla and say, "Hey, you know, I got this car, and you know, it was it got drowned out, and so I'm going to rebuild it." And like, no, 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 you can't. We won't even sell you parts. You can't do that. You're not allowed. It's our car. Yeah. And then like, no, 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 it's my car. I spent fifteen thousand dollars on it. I'm going to rebuild it. Yeah. So he bought it, and it didn't. Um, um, he couldn't get any help from Tesla, so he went and bought another broken car and then he started swapping parts until he got to work the the problem was he didn't have a key and he can't get the natural upgrades so he had to hire a hacker to hack into the systems so he get upgrades but now he's driving a tesla for and actually he sold all his extra parts so other people are trying to do the same thing so his total cost for his tesla which was normally 120 thousand bucks or maybe 70 grand if it's used paid six grand Beautiful. Oh, it's just, it blows my mind. I yeah. was so impressed with the guy that, uh, you know, six months of work and, and probably being angry for most of that six <laughs> months. But he got himself a Tesla. And then he just, you know, wheels up to the house and plugs it in and sucks uh, up some of that good, cool powered <laughs> electricity. And go Trump, save, go saves Trump. the planet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I um, don't even get me started. Oh, I don't want to go on politics. I hate politics. <laughs> Um, I saw this meme on uh, probably Facebook or Instagram, but it was a, a Tesla um, parked on the side of the road and a guy had pulled up and fired up a generator, a gas-powered generator to charge his Tesla so he could get <laughs> <Yeah>. to the <laughs> town. That's, and that's perfect. Yeah, that's totally. It's, it's uh, yeah. poetic, to yeah. say the least. That definitely encapsulates that whole, yeah, yeah. that whole genre of thinking, right? <laughs> Uh, so let's get back to your art. We keep getting off topic. What was yeah. your your inspiration yeah, for the skull? Almost out of beer. Almost out of beer. <laughs> no, we got to get to the good stuff. What was your inspiration for the art behind you? Um, uh, I think I was just doodling. <laughs> to be totally honest with you, just uh, just a doodle. Do you get in? I mean, I know paying bills and all that are important, but do you get inspiration from anything specific? Uh, it hits you at different times, different things. I guess. Yeah. Um. Is it helpful when people tell you like a story and then it's mostly helpful when they, they throw a couple ideas at you. Um, you kind of get a feel for what they like and yeah. what they're into. And then if I can make it something that I'm inspired to paint, yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely makes it a lot more fun. Have you been thinking about my tattoo, my full sleeve? I actually, I went and dug out that drawing we were talking about. Really? The samurai. Okay. Because I did, uh, I, it was initially going to go on the hood of a of a car for a fellow that I worked with when I was working at the machine shop in Airdrie. Yeah. And uh, he wanted a, a samurai warrior, but something a little different, right? So I kind of went with a, uh, I believe he had a 
like a biomechanical arm with a Gatlin gun on the end of it. Oh, very cool. So it's, it might be a little astray from from what you're looking at, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'd like to show that to you because I think that would transfer into a cool piece. For sure, yeah. Might be like a back piece, though. It's pretty big. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're ready I'm sure to we there. could scale it down a little, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking full sleeve warriors from around the world, get some yeah. like African tribesmen and some... Uh, could do like a... Yeah, do the samurai head and do the the different guys like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I'm super pumped. I, I haven't stopped thinking about it since you were here. The new my wife's cool. like you're not going to get more tattoos, are you? I'm like yeah, I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll make that happen. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, now this piece, the wizard piece. What uh, uh, I was playing around at one point, uh, trying to come up with some stuff to put on T-shirts for my own line of stuff. Very cool. Which sort of never involved. Uh, I got hooked up with a fella, and he kind of agreed to be the money behind the, the, the T-shirt company, right? Yeah. So we went through the whole trademark process and trying to get a label uh, name trademarked. And, of course, uh, it got blocked off or got blocked by, uh, I think it was Doc Martin, uh, took up issue with the name we had. Uh, what was your name? Uh, I was going to go with Airwear. But it was Airwear. a different spelling than they've. Apparently, they've got a shoe with airwear worked into Isn't the name. That like but an it's orthopodic a old person nurse's shoe. Yeah, and I was going <laughs> after like t-shirts, hoodies, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like a totally different so we market. Could, we uh, could come up with a better name. Yeah. Anyway, so we kind of abandoned that. But the guy that was uh, working on it with me uh, just kind of disappeared, and I found out a couple of years later he passed away. Oh no. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just out of the blue. Didn't hear from him again, and then uh, I kind of ran into somebody we both knew a couple of years later, and I was like, hey, man, have you seen this guy? He just kind of fell off the earth. And, and he's oh, dead. Oh, yeah, he died. I'm like, mm, shit. That explains why he hasn't <laughs> been returning my calls yet. So, uh, you know, not to make light of that situation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so I just kind of walked away from that. For uh, I never even thought about airbrushing on <laughs> shirts. I've never seen that done before, but that's a brilliant idea. Well, it's more of a, yeah, I was trying to come up with some designs that would transfer well to a, like a silk screen design, right? Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. with grayscale. Have someone, um, what's it called, vector them or, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, vectorize, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, just uh, press shirts. You yeah. can do it on just a press, just like these. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably could. Yeah, I had a guy lined up, uh, Happy Trails T-shirt company, I think he's called, out of Sycamus, BC. I think I've heard that name. Yeah, he does some really great work. Uh, and, and at the time, I was talking to him about it, so I was, I was actually vectorizing these and sending them to him. And he's like, yeah, yeah okay, I can split that into six different shades. And Very cool. Yeah, it was kind of neat. And I, was, I was prompt, but like I said, the, you know... <laughs> the financial end you know, fell through yeah so, is there a lot of cost to getting set up uh, well the trademark process is a bit expensive especially if you got any hiccups right and it's a long process it's yeah. uh it takes it takes about a year to find out yay if or nay yours, and then yeah. and then they've got kind of like it goes public domain basically yeah so it's out there for all these companies to be able to find so and if and if a, a bigger company's got a good team of lawyers they're on that stuff and they're yeah yeah they're looking it up they're and of course it's in their interest to wait till you're tired of waiting and then at the very last second they'll go yeah no we oppose this yeah yeah so then you can pay your lawyer more to to go and say well we think it's a totally different thing and then of course back and forth and it becomes yeah you know it can be anywhere from two thousand bucks to ten thousand bucks right maybe you get it maybe you don't right right so the art you don't have to do that on because as long as it's been like you have the original piece and stuff like that you can prove that it's yours but the name of the company a name of a 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get a mm. registered trademark on it. Now you got me thinking. Mm-hmm. I might want to invest. I love your art that much. I would invest in it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, we were talking years ago about uh, doing some combat DNA shirts. and I Right. Would, I'd be down with revisiting that idea. I thought it was... Man, this is a good podcast. Yeah. We've had to drink more. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Um, I think I said it on the last podcast, which no one got to hear, was uh, how uh, how much I love your art. Like I literally, I walk into the room and it's hung on the wall, and I stop and I stare, and I I I, I can't Thanks, get enough. Of it. I I absolutely love it. I love lots of art, but mm-hmm. uh, this in particular. And I'm not even like a skull and crossbones type guy. Like that's not even like the tattoos or anything I've got. But they're just they're really well done. The shading is outstanding. And I know these <laughs> these aren't even like your real art. These are like your doodle pad stuff. Yeah, these are pretty quick off the cuff stuff. It's not, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. Oh well, now now you got me thinking. I can't even think about what I want to talk about in the podcast. I'm just thinking about going into business <laughs> with you um, and firing something up. What did we talk about last time? We talked about oh, being a dad mm-hmm. and a husband. That was the big one. Um, yeah, I think we started off when we were. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of discussing <clears throat> uh, how good our wives are. Yeah. The uh, that's the thing, right? They're you the look, best, right? <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> my wife will be home soon. I didn't even let her know we're doing a podcast. Maybe my producer could text her and let her know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, yeah, like a lot of times you look at guys and you see biker looking, tattooed guy, yeah. and you don't think family man. That's not the first thing that comes to your mind. Right. And then so I, I'm probably guilty of like looking at you and going, ah, eh, you know what? It's probably not. The ideal... Do I look like a dirty biker? <laughs> Not that I bikers didn't... are dirty. <laughs> yeah, careful. <laughs> That's my client Everybody, base. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it's 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 funny when I you hear people say things that are just are out of character from the way they look. And that's the mm-hmm. way it was for me. You started talking with your wife, and I'm like, man, this guy's like a good husband. He loves his wife, and he loves his family. And She's pretty okay, too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, no, truthfully, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to pursue the things that I do. So, um, you know, she's, she's kind of been the rock through the whole last five year adventure that's been, you know, the the shop in Calgary for just over three years and, uh, you know, working from home for a couple before that. Right. And and now back to it again, (laughs) kind of flip flopping on what I'm doing again. Right. It's, it's probably a little bit more frustrating for her than she lets on, but, uh, yeah, she's been do you think they really know? supportive in a lot of ways, and uh, yeah, I couldn't thank her enough, man. She's. Do you think she knows how important her support is? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I I, the same thing. I, I'm definitely guilty of uh, not giving the accolades that I should, for the most part. Right? I'm, <laughs> I'm horrible with that thing, stuff. Right? I'm not a. I'm not a complimenter. I'm not yeah. a. I don't know, I, and I should be because yeah, you know she does a, a lot of great things for her family. So yeah. I, I'm trying to get better at it. I find it easier with people that I don't know that well than I do with my own family. And, yeah, and I, and I think it feels to them almost like you're taking taking them from granted. But uh, the the truth is probably more the opposite of that, right? You're yeah. just you're so sure of who they are and how 
you know, how they must know how much yeah. I love them. And how can you them? not know? I'm still here. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Uh, but I come I, home every damn night. I think they deserve more than that. I, Probably. You know, yeah. I, I try and remember, but I have a horrible memory right now. <laughs> Too many isocyanates <laughs> over the years. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. I, um, I, I did it better when I was younger. Uh, when I first got married was it during the day when I was thinking about my mom, I was just texting her like, Hey, how's it going? Miss you. Yeah. And that was it. And then that stuff kind of goes away. And then you go the whole day without talking. And I'm like, I kind of miss that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the, but when I see other people do that, I like it makes me queasy. <laughs> you a wiener? You leave your wife alone yeah. for eight hours? Yeah, Come on. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to go in the oil field and it was, you know, you'd be out for anywhere from two weeks to when I got into service work. It wasn't uncommon for me to be gone for two to three months at a time, right? Wow. And, uh, you know, you got some guys out there that are on their phone with their wife. And it doesn't matter. Like we could be in the middle of the Sahara Desert and they're on a sat phone and they're talking to their wife for an hour every day, even though it's costing them like 400 bucks a day to talk to them. And I'm going, no, that's good. I'll talk to her when I get home, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, I'm here. Yeah. I'm doing this thing right now. This is what we're doing. Let's do this, right? She knows. She's got the fort. She knows what's up. And (laughs) when I get home, I'm shit. You know, and and realistically, I probably should have met somewhere in the middle there, but. Yeah. uh, She's still here. She's still here, so obviously yeah. uh, she hasn't given up on me 100% yet, yeah. so that's good. I'm lucky, um, and my wife is uh, probably even more frugal than me. I like being, I like spending, but I like I like having money. I like not blowing it. I like being uh, a good steward of my money, but my wife is even harder than I am. So like, I oh, don't yeah. have that wife that goes out and buys jewelry and new clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the things I appreciate most about my wife. She doesn't need things to feel good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The um, it, it's it's impressive because you see you're obviously on energy dads and you see some of the stuff that goes on on that uh, that video. no comment. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get banned after this if any of them listen to it. But uh, I I just see the horrible marriages that are out there and what people are going through. And like when I hear a guy complain about his wife, I go, "Well, you got to be at least fifty percent of the problem." At least fifty percent. Yeah, it took me a while to realize. I used to I used to hang around with a very different group of people than I than I do today. And a lot of the, the people that I spent time with were, um, they spent a lot of time doing things like that, bashing their wives and yeah, being very disrespectful to their partner. And if you spend enough time with those kind of people, that sort of behavior sort of rubs off on you. And it yeah. and it and it's not good, man. No. It doesn't it doesn't do anything good for your for your marriage. It doesn't do anything good for your life. No, having those kind of negative. Uh, connotations over you all the time, right? And uh, so I just, yeah, I just, I've I've learned to just, man. If people are creating drama in their world, I just do your thing, man. Right. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I, I don't have time for your shit. <laughs> I got enough old. on my plate. I got I got too much of my own stuff to think about, to worry about. Yeah, you know, uh, your issues at home or whatever. Like, you know, if it's a good friend, man, I'll commiserate with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. If it's a one-off situation, but if you're the kind of person that's just constantly complaining, I, I'll I'll be the first guy to look at you like, well, then leave. <laughs> that's it. Right? right. Obviously, it's horrible. Get out. Yeah, yeah. It only costs you half. That's yeah. it. Or if it's not so horrible that you need to leave, maybe shut the fuck up and and yeah, appreciate, do something appreciate better. Your wife. Sorry to the producer on that one. No. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Did you hit the bleep button? No, he's. Uh, nice. He's on YouTube, so he hears much worse than anything yeah. we're going to say. Yeah, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. I had a, a buddy that uh, when I was single and he was married, he, he would cheat on his wife. Mm. And then when I met my wife, I went, 
I don't want to hang out with this guy anymore. Like this is just a bad, I don't know, uh, juju to be around. Like it just it's not doesn't make sense to be around somebody that's cheating on their wives. Because nope. eventually you're just going to get caught in that circle, or you're going to have to say like, um, I would have to rat him out. Like I can't I can't lie to my wife. I had a situation. Um, I don't know, maybe six or seven months ago, um, I was out with some buddies at uh, Cowboys here in town. Well, they still had a liquor license. <laughs> <laughs> Man, have you been watching any of the cheap been... shots between Paul's Pizza? It and... is so uh, funny. Hey, come on down and have a beer. All that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so for everyone listening, uh, we have a local bar owned by the Vickers Group that uh, forgot to apply for their liquor license. That's or the forgot... story. Yeah. That's the story. And they lost their liquor license. And they're a pub. That's the pub and a restaurant. And one of the other local businesses, a pizza place. Pretty tough to sleep, uh, sling cheap wings and mocktails. Oh, eh? it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Trying, they're trying. Um, anyways, the the restaurant keeps bashing them a little bit online, and there's a pretty good rivalry going on. Yeah. Um, One side's really mad, and the other side's having a super good time with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I heard Paul's is like packed every night now, and it's one of my favorite pizzas. You know what? I've never gone there and not seen it at least at ninety percent capacity. But usually, if you go there on a like a Friday or Saturday, you're waiting in line to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they got phenomenal food for that little it's three not bad. It's not bad at all. It's my favorite pizza, hands down. Yeah. Nobody makes pizza as good as Paul's. Uh, Atlas, but you got to go a lot farther. That's in, uh, in Northeast, like Memorial. Uh, yeah, above Marlboro, and I think it's up like, like yeah, 58th. Yeah. First restaurant I ever ate in coming to Calgary Atlas uh, was pizza. at Atlas Pizza. Yeah, yeah, that was one that I was told I had to go to as well when really? I first came here. Yeah, 20, I didn't even know it was ago. it was shit luck. It would have been in two thousand two thousand one. I moved here, mm-hmm. so nineteen eighteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we pulled into town. I was going to go stay at my aunt's. Me and my dad came into town together. We're staying at his sister's place, and we're driving up Memorial Drive, and that's when it was on Memorial and like sixty. That's the one? Memorial? Yeah, it's at like 58th and Memorial or something. That's like, it. Really close to that area. Yeah, yeah. And so we were, uh, we messaged her when we get to town. She's like, oh, we're not home yet. Just stop and get something to eat and then you can come yeah. over. And we pulled over and there was Atlas Pizza. And Perfect. went in. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, it still is. I haven't been there in years. I completely yeah. forgot about that went place. Went there about two years ago and it was just like, just like it was 20 years ago. Nice. Yeah. They've, uh, they've changed the layout in there. So it used to be... One whole half of it was a bar, and the other half was was a restaurant. family restaurant. Yeah, and now it's just restaurant slash okay. bar right across the whole thing. But it, yeah, they, it's got a different vibe now. But okay. it's still the same. Still pizza. good food, and still the same people. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like I, I went in there, like I said, a couple of years ago, and I, I couldn't believe it. Like it was the same. Same lady that uh, served us up when I came out for my buddy's bachelor party twenty three years ago. Crazy. Right? <laughs> right. All right, let's let's rate some Calgary restaurants. So uh, Atlas, obviously top notch. What do you think of uh, Peter's Drive-in? Uh, not not as good as the hype, right? The milkshakes shakes are good. The rest of it's kind of fries kick ass. The burgers are yeah, all right. The fries are good. Yeah, and you get like the 10 burgers pounds. are like probably in the. Maybe the top 100 in Calgary. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't call them any kind of special. 
No, no, no. And and people bash on me for saying that, but I'm not a big fan. I'll go yeah. there and get a uh, chocolate shake and some french fries. That's fantastic. But yeah. I very rarely ever get a burger there. Yeah, no, there's way better burgers yeah, all over the city. Yeah. All over the city. Okay, my favorite restaurant of all time in Calgary is Davino's on uh, Stephen right. Ave. Okay, haven't so tried it. It's, it. It's a wine bar, yeah. so they have a sommelier inside. Yeah. And back when I went through my wine phase, me and my wife would go down there for date night. Yeah. And they have like a professional chef and like an open kitchen. Like you can watch the chef cook inside there. And so you, it's super, super cool. You're looking at, for you and uh, your wife to go out on date night, you're looking at a $300 meal. Like, yeah, it's, it's not cheap. Um, that was back when I was self-employed and thought I was rich. <laughs> you were hood rich. I was hood rich, exactly. <laughs> Had a couple of hundred in your pocket. <laughs> exactly, I just got paid. Um, so yeah, we would go down there once in a while and have dinner and the food is outstanding and then of course they have like every wine you can imagine the sommelier travels around picks all the best vineyards that's called Davini's Davino's Davino's. yeah yeah fantastic place to go and then the other one is uh the John Laurier or I think it's called the Laurier have you heard that one that's another one I haven't been to uh it's on like I want to say 9th Ave and uh no, 9th Street and like 11th Ave. There's a okay. really old house probably built in like the early 1900s yeah. um, that they uh, turned into a restaurant. And their their specialty is like fondue. Um, so you, you they take oh, you up. That, that, that I'm out then. Because I, I fondant. <laughs> How could you not fondue? That's my dad joke for the night. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I can't it, wait that long. That's That's too much time. To divulged but, into a tiny little morsel of food. But you I can't do it for hours. But that's the thing. I I gotta get it in me and get out. Okay. Right? That's, yeah. Okay. I'm in. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a. If there was wine flowing and a little bit of deep frying going sure, on, sure. And if I could stop by, you know, somewhere and grab a burger on the way there, so <laughs> I wasn't some Mickey D's rip on somebody's head off halfway yeah. through. Dinner. <laughs> tiny uh, Cuba steak isn't cooking <laughs> fast enough. Yeah. I need seven forks. There's a, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, my wife's uh, work had a Christmas party there. So right by the casino, Cowboys or whatever, down by the Saddle Dome. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it's got the I think two it's on line the, heads outside? See the tail end of 17th going up to the, or wouldn't be 17th, sorry. My map's not right in my head, but very close. You could, like, you can literally walk across the street yeah. and go over to Cowboys. Yeah. And there's a little Italian place in there. Mm. And it's a, it's got a real mom and pop vibe, and it's it's, I mean, what I would think of as an authentic Italian restaurant, yeah, with no, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Are you of down. of Italian descent? Negative, but, really? Uh, yeah, I would have guessed Italian. Yeah, what do I know? Or maybe French? Yeah, forget about it. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, anyway, just fantastic food there. If you ever get a chance, mm. it would be a lot better story if I had a name of the restaurant. Of the restaurant. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, you know it was done up. I yeah, would come out, throw some bread on the table, oh. fire a few starters at you before you even order, kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> before you order, we're going to feed you, you know? That yeah, kind of that's vibe, the right? way it's like, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, your red wine comes in a glass like this. It's a, that's Very the way cool. to go. Yeah. There's uh, there's an Italian restaurant, on, and I'm not going to remember the name of it, on uh, Edmonton Trail, right beside the Totem. Um, mm. McKnight and Edmonton Trail there. It burnt down a couple years ago. 
I went in there like 10 years ago for lunch one day and uh, I ordered my lunch and there's like, it was like The Sopranos. There's like four or five old Italian guys in suits sitting there speaking in Italian (laughs) and then this young guy comes out and he seems a little bit nervous. He's taking my order and anyways, I take whatever the special was, some meatball sandwich or something. It was fantastic. Like blew my mind and I go up to pay and they're like oh we don't have a, a debit machine it's cash only I'm like I don't have a cash and I look behind me and there's like these mafia dudes <laughs> sitting there and they start chattering back and forth I'm like can I just like run out to the store or you know go find a, an ATM and I'll come back with some cash like I don't I don't know what to do here if you don't yeah. take debit or credit cards I'm kind of screwed and you know, no 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 you go you go you just come back when you can and I'm like I'm not not gonna come back <laughs> like, these guys <laughs> look like mafia so anyways, I run out, I find a debit machine, grab some cash, and I go back. And as soon as I get inside the store and uh, the guys coming out of the kitchen, all the old Italian guys that are sitting at the table all start trading money back and forth and they're yelling and laughing and stuff like that. So they had a bet on whether they you were coming back. They had a bet back. on yeah. whether I was coming back <laughs> or not. And so I asked the guy, and I'm like, what are they laughing about? They're like, yeah, so-and-so didn't think you were coming back, thought you stiffed us. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure you guys know where I live right now. That's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, great restaurant. And then like, I don't know, four or five years after that, it burnt to the ground. I'm like, oh yeah, that's mafia. Yeah, for-, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's funny. Mm. Got hit by uh, lightning, did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spontaneous combustion. The uh, Yeah, there's lots of good restaurants here in town. People complain about... Um, oh, there's almost too much variety around here. Yeah. we People complain that Albertans don't have much culture, uh, but we, ha- we have some art. We have some culture here. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not as much as like Winnipeg or Vancouver, but... I uh, think we have a culture. I don't know if, <laughs> if we have real culture. culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a theory about uh, Airdrie. Nobody that lives in Airdrie is from Airdrie. Like, it just is Very few. Very yeah. few. Like, yeah. this town, when I moved here in... Two, I've met a few who were born and raised here, but... Uh, yeah. I yeah, think they're few and far between. It's a bedroom off. community. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think when I moved here in 2004, um, there was 9,000 people, maybe 10,000 people. Maybe not even that. Yeah, it's grown a lot. Now. Yeah, and we're yeah. at 70,000 people now. Yeah. This is, uh, I think we talked a little bit about this uh, last time too, about the amount of abuse that's here in uh, Airdrie, the domestic violence. Yeah, I keep hearing about it. Four times the national average in Airdrie. So it's literally 100 people a month are getting... uh, So what does that stem from? What's... Well, this is my theory. My theory is that we don't have a tight-knit community, right? Like, if we used to. Yeah, Right, it's changed. It's it used to be too many new people and too many people that don't do stuff in Airdrie. Is my theory. We need more public canings. I couldn't agree more. A little, uh, well, I, I can beating some, people that beat people. Yeah, some thrashings in the town square and makes such. you feel better. I don't think it solves the problem though. Uh, it's a deterrent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'd like to think it's a deterrent. I, I think they might uh, fight a little harder to keep their wives quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we're hearing about all this abuse, they're not doing a very good job they're on that not, front anyway. Right, right now, they suck at doing it. And <laughs> yeah. that's only what's getting reported. And I hear it's only like 10% wow. of uh, domestic violence actually gets reported. Yeah, I mean, all the laughing aside, it's not really a funny topic. It's, it, it's not, no. Um, yeah, it's... I think it's due to that that lack of community. Like, so, you know, if you had a buddy that you suspected was smacking his wife around, you're probably going to say something. You're going to go, yeah. hey, dude, what what's going on here? Like, 
But if it was the neighbor, would you be just like, eh? <laughs> I don't know what happened first. Uh, Maybe she. No, yeah. I don't think so. I I think I would have to get uh, have to get involved. Oh, are we blocking uh, Paul's face? <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My producer's really good. All right. <laughs> Hiding behind the mic. Oh, there we go. Oh, we'll get that. Beautiful. Spring. Now we get to see your pretty face. Spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think I've never been in the situation. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've been in the situation when I was a security guard and somebody was smacking his wife around and mm-hmm. I stepped in. I would imagine if my neighbor was doing it, although I've got a pastor on one side and a Sikh on the other, mm-hmm. um, both very passive people. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not going to see that in your immediate vicinity. Though. No, I do have an RCMP officer living directly oh, across the street. Oh, well, you know he street. beats his wife. Ah, you know what? I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, start uh, over. Uh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> statistics say that uh, more likely than not that uh, there, there's some bad stuff going on over there. And I've never seen it. Had I seen it, that's the one that I'd be hesitant to get involved but in. But I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Although he, <laughs> he doesn't listen to, to your me. podcast, does he? <laughs> I can't imagine he does. Yeah, you know, so we're doesn't okay. even know it exists, and I prefer no, it I that way. He's a hard guy to talk to. Like, I've been here for, what is it, almost 15 years in this house. And I've managed to make friends on the, my street and talk to a few people. Although is he city police or is he RCMP? RCMP. So he works uh, mostly out of Lake Louise. Right. And he's the negotiator for Western Canada. Works out of Lake Louise but lives here? Right. Yeah. So he commutes every day. Um, uh, and he's the head negotiator. So uh, my other bu- uh, neighbor across the street, he's a pilot uh, or a mechanic for WestJet, but he's also a pilot. Right. And he said one day... They had like 12 cop cars show up on the intersection over here and just create a circle and block all the traffic. Helicopter dropped down and the RCMP neighbor goes running out of his house, hops in the helicopter and they fly him out to some terrorist negotiation or jumper or whatever. So he's a high up guy. All right. So so yeah, I'm not going to take any more shots at him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. If you see him smacking his wife around, I'm like, at best, I'm calling 911. Who are you going (laughs) to call? Right. I'll call, but I'm like, hey, can you not tell him I called? (laughs) He carries guns. Well, and that that was an interesting thing. I, I don't know how much of this is factual, but, uh, from what I understand, if you file a, a complaint against an RCMP officer, it's the RCMP who investigates it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a kind of a flawed system, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and there's internal uh, investigation. So when I was a security guard in Vancouver's Chinatown. Right, but I mean... I get it. I 100% get it. It's a, it's a, it's a different part of the same entity. So it's not even like a third-party thing. It's Right. It's yeah, like yeah. a division of... Well, even VPD, so Vancouver Police Department, yeah. investigates their own. So it's not even like RCMP come in to investigate Vancouver Police Department, right? Or uh, RCMP don't come in and investigate CPS, Calgary Police well, Department. Well, you know, the, the kind of brotherhood stuff that goes along with all of that, right? You I, don't, you I don't rat hand- out your own and you don't, uh, you don't help hang one of your brothers. Right, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I... That's, yeah, that's it's a hard. tough one, right? But I think they're doing a better job of, of getting them help and understanding their stresses and, and all that kind of stuff. Which is important because I, I totally. think that has a lot to do with why you see so much of that, the aggression in the States with the police. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is Undertrained, underpaid. And overwhelmed. And like overwhelmed. It, overwhelmed because you know, you're dealing with huge populations, huge this. populations and 
so many gang related things and like it's pretty mellow around here like airdrie's not you know yeah there's a lot of b and e's and stuff but it's there's no real crime in this city right <laughs> yeah. like um i lost a bike a couple of years ago i was pretty upset yeah <laughs> i remember one time i left the door unlocked in the car and somebody stole four bucks worth of change out of it right you know i, I felt pretty violated at the time yeah. uh but in retrospect it's you know yeah, it's pretty mild. There here. wasn't a gunfight in my street ever in the twenty no. years I've been here, so you know yeah. I'd have to say it's pretty. But you know, down in cities where you got millions of population, yeah, go to uh, Chicago, you don't know what you're pulling over, right? Right, so you're on guard and you're tweaked out the whole time. You have to be, yeah, you have yeah. to be. You'd have to be just on high alert twenty four seven the whole time you're on duty, right? Well, and they're allowed to conceal and carry <coughs> for most of the state, so you have to assume everyone has a weapon. Where in Canada, like when someone pulls me over, I'm sure no RCMP went. Oh, I bet you that guy's got a gun. Uh, you know, I, I think they check, right? Like if you've got any registered weapons, mm-hmm. probably before they even get out of their car. Yeah, yeah. Um, Run a play, check on you. But what's but yeah, the likelihood? There's a ninety percent, ninety nine percent chance you're probably not going to have a loaded handgun in the glove box. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, uh, I tell you about the VPT um, Vancouver Police Department story. I was a security guard in Vancouver's Chinatown, so I literally patrol the a, streets of Chinatown. That's a beautiful area. Hey, oh, it was so <laughs> much fun, dude. I can't even. I can't even tell you how much fun I had doing that job. But anyways, um, I caught this guy. Uh, well, I didn't catch him. He was caught by a store owner for stealing grapes. So the the stock boys jumped him and kind of pinned him to the ground. And then for stealing grapes for stealing grapes. <laughs> it's they're super anal about not taking anything. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't even like a homeless guy. He was I just let you take a grape. <laughs> And everybody's <laughs> going to take a grape. That's a bad Chinese accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't going for Chinese. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, I go to the store. I get called down like, hey, can you take care of the police stuff? They didn't like dealing with the police at all. So that was mainly why we were there. So there's this, uh, he was Iranian, and he let me know that he was Iranian. He was trying to scare me, this, the, the thief. And uh, he kept saying, like, if I go to jail, I'm going to kill you. I got to go see my girlfriend. I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You're mad. You go yeah. to jail for a couple of grapes. It sucks, but it's my job. I get paid seven bucks an hour. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. So anyways, it takes like, uh, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes for the cops to show up. And the whole time this guy's threatening me. And I'm just thinking to myself, and I knew all the cops down there, like by name, first name basis. I was friends with them all. Yeah. And I got tired of this guy threatening me. So I was like, that's it. I'm done with you. And I grabbed him with a scruff on the neck and I was going to drag him into the back alley and just lay a whooping on him. Like, yeah, go home. Stop stealing grapes kind of thing. And just as I'm getting into the back alley, the cop car pulls up and they're like, Chad, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. (laughs) And so anyways, we sit him back down. Try to shake a few more grapes out of this guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we we get him sit back down again. And in Vancouver, the patrol cars can't take him into the station. They use a paddy wagon to do that. Yes. So he, uh, the cop gets his name and starts running it, and this guy starts threatening the cop. Like, if I go to jail and I can't see my girlfriend, I'm going to kill you. This is what he's saying to the cop. And the cop's like, oh, what's your girlfriend's name? And he says, and looks up his name. Turns out he has a restraining order against this girl. So now he's told the police officer he wants to break the law, so it's a bigger fine. It's not stealing grapes anymore, right? right? And he just keeps going on, just nice and calm. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And he's to me, to the cop. And I'm like, holy man, this guy is committed to this. Paddy wagon driver shows up. And he's like six foot eight, uh, shaved head, 
same beard, like long beard, uh, long goatee, and like neo-Nazi, not very nice paddy wagon driver at all. Right. So this guy is handcuffed. Not taking any shit off on any He's not Iranians. taking yeah. anything from anybody. <laughs> the uh, He handcuffs the guy, or the guy's already handcuffed, so he stands him up. He's like, you're going to come with me to the paddy wagon. And the guy goes to pull back. So he grabs him by the scruff of the neck really quick. And he goes, no, 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 settle down. We're going to go inside the paddy wagon. And as he goes to pull again, the guy pulls away. So the cop just pulls his collar and goes, whack, and just drives the guy right in the front teeth. Both of them pop out like chiclets. <laughs> Blood gushing everywhere. And as soon as he took the shot. Expensive grapes. Expensive grapes. (laughs) Yeah. Me and the other cop jump the Iranian guy. We take him to the ground. We uh, hog tie him and uh, get him inside the wagon. So all good, right? He's off. About two weeks later, I get a phone call on my uh, uh, cell phone. Um, The the company supplied one back then. It was the big brick ones. And uh, they said, this is the VPD internal investigations. I'm like, oh, what did I do wrong? He goes, oh, you were part of this incident with Mr. So-and-so, and and he stole some grapes, and he did this, and he did that. I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. And he goes, uh, so he's saying that the police officer used excessive force. And I said, oh, okay. And he goes, did the police officer use excessive force? I'm like, well, I don't believe so. I mean, he threatened to kill me for half an hour. Then he threatened to kill the officer that showed up. And then when the paddy wagon driver went to go in there, he tried to pull away and and escape. And so the paddy wagon driver pulled him back. And I think he got hit in that process. And then we jumped him and hogtied him. He's like, oh, okay, thank you very much. And then like two days later, I'm on my shift and I'm driving uh, around Chinatown, getting ready to find my parking spot so I can go walk it. And I get pulled over by the paddy wagon driver. I'm like, oh, no, I bet you he's gotten shit. And I'm going to be to blame for it. And he gets out and uh, he was happy he's like no 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 we totally got away with everything <laughs> so, <laughs> which is probably the norm it, it's probably the norm in most cases i yeah. think that if you're pounding the crap out of your wife regularly and she's showing up with bruises and there's regular reports you can't hide that very well no not in the rcmp or cps or vpd but no, no. yeah it's, not anywhere uh, right? no and i think even most officers are not cool with guys doing that yeah stuff. i'm not sure how we went on this tangent i don't know either shit, shit talking to police but uh, we, <laughs> don't we take it all up. back yeah. yeah i got buddies that are police officers and they they they're they're all cool guys like it's the same as anything else right one percent of the population are nuts they're they're psychos they're they're crazy as all get out one percent of the police officers are nuts, crazy yeah. psychos. Yeah, and I, I think there's definitely a certain type of people who are drawn to that type of job as well, right? And yeah. it's not a job I would want to do. I thought about it for years. I wanted to. I Did wanted you? to be a police officer. I wanted to be a or or a soldier. And uh, I just got paid well doing construction. Or I thought I was getting paid well doing construction. So I <laughs> struggled hard. Thought yeah. it was good. You're hood rich. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you get a twenty thousand dollar month, and then you go three months at a thousand bucks and. The twenty thousand month is the only one you're thinking about. Yeah, that's the trophy. <laughs> that's the that's trophy. The trophy yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've talked about our wives. We talked about art, uh, self-employment. Man, we've covered nearly everything. How long yeah. have we been talking? A minute over an hour. Oh, oh that's not very long. That's not very long at all. Yeah, I'm sure we can find something else to talk about. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What delicious uh, beer? <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, I think you alluded a little bit to what you're going to do in the future as far as, uh, is it still a secret? You want to, you want to share a bit more? Oh, like for a project? Yeah. A reveal? Yeah. yeah. No, it's not, not ready to be released not ready yet. yet. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, there's a couple of ideas cooking and uh, one of them is going to happen. Um, cool. Cool. For sure. And, uh, I'm super pumped. A couple more 
or maybes. So I don't yeah. want to jinx anything right now. Okay. Yeah. But cool, cool. Uh, yeah, wish I could tell you more. Are you uh, just spending the two days a week in the tattoo shop right now? Um, well, this week I've been there pretty much all week. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of uh, taking it as it comes. I, I, I am going to set a schedule here at some point here. It, it has to happen where it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do these three days here and these three days are my other business. And Yeah. How long do you apprentice for before you're like, you got your black belt? Uh, well, I don't know, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I said, tattooing is not hard. I don't know what the big deal. What's well, exact same as airbrushing, just with needles? <laughs> ah, it's like it's even easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, between you and Kevin Davy, I had on your Kevin Davy bashed other martial artists like pretty bad, like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu against Japanese. He's Japanese Jiu Jitsu, right? And then you hear oh, yeah, you're trashing on. I hate the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like getting your butt kicked by a little brown guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not shit talking anymore. I just I like saying that because it tweaks people, right? You get uh, guys who've been doing it for twenty years. And you're like, I don't know what the big deal is. This stuff's easy. <laughs> they get kind of hot. There's got to be some egos <laughs> in it, though, eh? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you said, though, man, I'm not a I'm not a drama guy. So yeah, yeah. When I see any of that crap going on, I just sort of turn away. And, yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm gonna go over here for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you mellow out. Yeah, you do your thing. Yeah. Serve your ego or whatever it is you got going on. You know what I find funny? Like in construction, there's like this golden rule. If somebody comes in and he's bragging that like he's the best taper, he's the best spray foamer, he's the best framer, mm-hmm. typically he's not. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. <laughs> right? That is an excellent analysis. Yeah. I if, find, you, if you have to spend all your time telling people how good you are, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably not. You're probably half as good as you say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's probably true in tattoo world too, right? Like a good tattoo artist is just going to kind of. Um, grow his fan base and it'll all come fairly organically because you know, he's good. In, until recently, I haven't really spent a lot of time in that world, right? Yeah. So, like I said, I mean, the last time I got a tattoo, uh, you know, up until earlier this year, yeah, was probably 12, 13, 15 years before. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I haven't really been submerged in it for very long, right? right. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of very well known artists. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. I, I, I definitely come in from a different angle than a lot of people. There's, I think there's a lot of people come in ta- to tattooing from a, a very hard life. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a way out yeah, yeah. of that for a lot of guys. So I have a lot of respect for those guys that yeah, have kind yeah. of pulled themselves out of a shit life and into real into business. being able to make a, a living running a business and and, yeah. and some of those guys are just freaking amazing artists like amazing if i'm ever 25 percent as good as some of the guys that i see floating around even in even in airdrie and, and calgary area yeah you know i'll be totally stoked that i got that far right yeah yeah, um, yeah. and then there's you know uh the new wave of people coming into it or i mean you got a ton of art students right that are very well trained yeah. and uh, very very good at what they do. Yeah, and and then they pick up a tattoo machine, and it's like it's unbelievable what's coming out of these kids. Really, uh, you know, portrait stuff and just stuff because they have the the correct theory behind it. It, it right, they, right. They didn't they didn't learn the hard you know way. under a guy who learned under a biker with a guitar string tattoo machine <laughs> who was taught by a guy in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. It, um, you know, they learned all the theories and all the color and, and, uh, 
Would yeah. you ever do that? Would you ever go back to school and like get an art degree or like take the education? I would love to. Yeah. You know, if 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 that was a possibility, I would love to do it. But I, I don't know if I got enough good years left in here. <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the day, right? If I went to school for four years right now, yeah, you know, I come out and it's like, okay, it's just about time to retire. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Do you believe in retirement? Uh, no. Yeah. No plans to retire. Well, I don't believe it's possible in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I think we have a lot of debt to pay back now as a country uh, yeah. for the last four years of flagrant spending. Keep working that, uh, and paying tax. I don't think any of us are going to get a pension, buddy. That's yeah, yeah. You think they burnt up all of our social security? Well, I think they sure tried real hard. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, talking about this or last didn't night. Didn't try not to, if that's, <laughs> if that's your preferred more PC wording, way, of, right? Yeah, we were talking about this last night, and I'm 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 not a big political guy, and but I'm also not very big on bashing people, and so I look at what people have done, and and although Trudeau may not be the most stellar leader, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a few things that might be embarrassing about him. He legalized pot, and I'm not even a big pot guy, um, but I know the value of legalizing it in the country as far as what it's going to do for our economy, what it's going to do for Yeah, but he medical. did that wrong, too. He did that wrong, too. What they should have done, yeah, they shouldn't have legalized it. They should have decriminalized it, and, yeah. and that's the big difference because what they did, argument. and if you look at the way they've outlined the, the consequences of having this legal drug procured illegally, yeah. Uh, they've increased the amount of time you would get as a prison sentence. Okay. Um, like if you actually look into the laws on it, they've they've you're now unless you buy it from the government. Right. Right. It's not legal at all. You're, well, it's like you're going to do more thing, time. Right? There's going to be more consequences. Wow. I didn't know that part of it. So I mean, and that may change in the future too, where that that stuff will start going away because you're allowed to have three plants in your house. You're allowed to have a certain amount of and uh, I, yeah. And I think part of that's going to help get rid of the black market as well. I suppose. Yeah. But that's the thing that I thought was so great about it was like when you make something illegal, you don't stop any of it from happening, right? No. You don't you don't make pot go away because it's illegal. So what you've done now is you put it in the hands of of criminals to. And I don't think they're bad people, but that would be the technical term for them is criminals. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to be make the most money of your business and your only way to defend your business is violence, because you can't do it legally. You can't call a lawyer and say, hey, I don't want this guy to sell on my block because... Uh, yeah, but um, did that ever really happen over pot? Uh, I think there definitely there was some people that... that there's some violence. There's some other things to go along with it. It's the criminal the, the element. The easiest solution to that is don't front your buddy's bags. You won't have to kick their ass <laughs> later, right? <laughs> you know, there you go. Cash up front, it, man. It's probably not nearly as bad as the cocaine or the heroin or, yeah, that or anything stuff gets like you that. Cut, right? Right. Yeah. And you, you get in deep trouble. But it happened with alcohol when we, there was the alcohol prohibition, yep. you know, um, uh, that turned is, out not to be their best idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that you, you just put it in the wrong hands, but when you make it a legitimate business, now all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have real corporations running or real businessmen running it. And for the most part, it's going to run a lot smoother. You can collect taxes on it. You can actually um, watch what's going on. What I like about it is the amount of studying that's going to be done now. So we couldn't even study how good or bad it was for us. That's right. 
And now we're in the position where we can give it to universities and let them test everything, right? And we yeah. can start curing so we can diesels. finally back up these claims we're making to our kids. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got a brain tumor, you, we just smoke a little pot. You'll you get better. You actually can smoke yourself retarded. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we definitely know guys that have done that. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, you uh, can tell the first time they open their mouth and speak, right? Like, whoa, whoa, man. Yeah, they sound like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't think it should have been legalized even for the age that it did. I think you should be 25 before you start. I think that's true of pharmaceuticals as well. You need to let the brain fully develop before you add alcohol. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of studies out there that suggest. But again, right? You know, um, you've just said, on one hand, you want to say, let's legalize it. Yeah. Because it takes away the criminal aspect. Yeah. So now if you eliminate a 10-year... Uh, market share, right? right? From 15 to 25, They're that, would, that we're normally going to buy it anyway. Yeah. They're going to get it somewhere. They're going to get it somewhere. I agree wholeheartedly. <coughs> the, the, the Whether issue they steal I it have, from mom and dad or if they, you know, you know, get it from buddies at school or whatever. 100% agree. The, the problem I have is that under the age of 25, I think it just has too big of an effect on people. And so if someone is not being regulated under the age of 25 and and I'm not a big regulations guy but they need to be educated that like and it'll probably happen naturally when stuff's legalized so like in in Italy with wine they give it to five-year-olds but they don't care they don't take a ton of it because it's readily available and probably the same thing will happen with pot once the whole it's been legalized it'll calm down you have way less and it's like alcohol in Europe too right like it's Perfectly fine for a kid to have a glass of wine with dinner in a restaurant anywhere, right. but they're not going to have sex. All the time. Well, that's it because it's not a big deal, right? Right. Yeah. So when when you make something a big deal, yeah, it's like, oh man, I want to try that. <laughs> it must be awesome. If they're saying it's so bad, it must be awesome. It's human so, nature. Yeah. So you're you're not going to drink to excess if it's always been around and nobody thinks of it as a big deal, right? Or it's less likely to happen. I mean, everybody's got monkeys on their back, and there's the one percent. Yeah, just nuts get bit by the addiction but at the end of the day uh, yeah if it's no big deal and it's yeah you know, but the problem with the problem with the whole pot thing and i can speak as somebody who used to smoke a lot of pot yeah is that uh you know, it does absolutely um impair your emotional development yeah for one right yeah. we've all worked with that guy who's like 24 <laughs> years old and he hasn't had a hoot since breakfast, and it's lunchtime now. And he, he was cheers. he was pretty cool for the first four hours, but now he's starting to lose his shit, throw his lunchbox yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, we've all worked with that guy, right? Yeah, and and that's part of it because yeah. that guy started way too early, right? And he does it way too much, right? Exactly, right? And that's I agree, and I, I just think that if people waited and and um, it wasn't such a big deal. Then, then it would be a, a lot more of a mellow thing. It wouldn't be a big deal at all. Um, but, you know, these 18-year-olds get it because it's illegal, and so mm-hmm. they, they jump on it. Their brain's not fully developed. But I think it's the same thing with pharmaceuticals. Like, we have to avoid giving painkillers to kids. Do they yeah. wait till 18 these days? Well, probably. Um, <laughs> I try to encourage my kids. I don't want to lie to my kids about drugs, mm-hmm. right? I, I did 
acid, I did coke, I did uh, pot, I drank my face off, and this is the bad part of it, right? This yep. is, you know, when I did acid, I, I got uh, myself in some pretty squirrely situations, and <laughs> yeah. probably wasn't a great <laughs> thing to do. I think if it was under the right situation, and it was guided, you could get a lot done. You, it could be super, super beneficial, and mushrooms yeah. are the same thing, and pot's the same thing. I used to really enjoy my mushrooms. <laughs> I've never... <laughs> I, well, I grew up in BC, right? So it's... Uh, me too. Yeah, we I've never actually done really, really good mushrooms. I ate probably, oh, I want to say an eighth of mushrooms one night, and I barely got a buzz off of it. So right. they were, I don't know, maybe there you was a push your numbers up, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, I, I think that it, it they're super beneficial if they legalize them, which I have a theory that they are. Paul Stamich, which is one of the most famous uh, mycologists in the world who studies mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, just moved to Vancouver. He's from the States. There's no reason for him to be in Vancouver at all. Yeah. Um, other than Oregon sort of beating us out, because they're talking about legalizing uh, psilocybin in Oregon right now, and it's very close, I think. That's a tricky one, though. How do you how do you regulate that? Uh, well, Again, right? You have to... You, you almost have to go... Um, I, and again, I think this is the mistake they make, is they, they legalize it, quote unquote. Yeah. But they don't decriminalize it. Right. If you decriminalize it, then it just becomes not a big deal. Right. You know what I mean? And then yeah. the only part of it that you need to have in place is sure, we don't want a bunch of guys out playing Mario Kart on Deerfoot driving it's around 100%. on shrooms. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. Yeah. Um but you know, so maybe some criminalization of that particular type of activity, but on, on on the rest of it, I mean, putting somebody in jail for having dope, that's dumb. It's retarded. It's a huge waste of resources. It was a way to control populations. So, like, uh, in Florida, for instance. Oh, if, when they started the war on drugs in the States, yeah, that was a different animal. That was to, yeah. that was to keep black people in jail, right? A hundred percent. And actually, they took away their ability to vote. So, if yeah. uh, in Florida, for, for instance, if you get one criminal charge, you lose your ability to vote for life. So yeah. wow. you get you get uh, dinged for and having a joint. Yeah, who hasn't been busted for something? Right, and yeah. now you lose it. And being that the the drug laws are so strict, and uh, like you have to have nothing. Like I think you can have a roach and and go to jail in Florida yeah, for it. Hundred percent. There's a lot of states like that. You know? Right, and now all of a sudden you've you know what is it? Probably seventy percent of Florida is black. And probably, let's say, 50% of them smoke mm-hmm. pot. And probably, of that 50%, every one of them have been busted at one time or another. So how do we get these darn guys out of here, right? Right. So I, that's, yeah, and that's how that's how that all came to pass. Well, and you get pharmaceutical companies that are fighting against it. And you get prison systems that are privately owned or owned by corporations fighting against it. No, no, no. You well, need to put people in jail for pot because I get $25,000 a year for every person that's in jail. Yeah. That is scary. Like, that blows my mind. Like, that's. Well, and you're cutting into Prozac sales when people can self medicate. And you know what I mean? Exactly. That right. Whole, that whole monster, you got to keep that fed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough that they're making money every year. They got to make more money each and year by making sure that no one else does. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and there they've got people out there that are um, like actively trying to keep pot and mushrooms and um, uh, LSD and. Uh, See, I'm very conflicted about how I feel about our neighbors to the south because some of the stuff, man, they get so right. Yeah. And some of it, it just it's like wow. 
Yeah, I like can't how believe, did they get that I can't wrong? believe <laughs> that that many people think that way. Yeah, uh, but you know, like uh, their home defense laws uh, for most of the states, I love it. Yeah, you know, uh, I, it's as it should be. If someone breaks into my house in the middle of the night, I should be perfectly well within my rights to put that guy in a grave. Yeah, right, I, and that's. For a guy that's been broken into and a guy mm. that worked in law, I, I 100% get that. Yeah. In law, I mean security. I wasn't a police officer. Yeah. It's, I'm not trying to compare, but... But you were buddies with them. <laughs> it's the same thing, <laughs> But you know what? I, I got to watch when store owners got robbed and how much it was, how devastating it was for them and how it, you know, created this fear in their life. I remember my house in Surrey got robbed, mm. which was which house in Surrey doesn't get robbed. <laughs> It's a birthday. Yeah, I'm sitting here going, uh huh. And <laughs> but my yeah. uh, the girl I was living with at the time, she lost a Bulova watch, two hundred fifty dollar watch. Um, I got it for a grad. It was more sentimental than anything else. But she mm-hmm. literally cried for days over it. Like it broke her inside that someone was inside of our house and took her stuff. It's a huge violation. It's a huge violation. And how do you get that back? And for the way our laws are here. Right, yeah. I mean, if you take that guy on in any way, shape, or form, and you come out on top, yeah, you're probably gonna be penalized to the full extent of the law for your actions. Right, right. If the guy breaks in with a crowbar and you you shoot him with a twenty two, yeah, uh, you're probably gonna do prison, especially if it's an unregistered twenty two. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. And then they'll get sure, you, and, yeah. and that's the part they'll concentrate on. It's not right. the fact that this asshole broke into your house and violated, violated your, personal, your space. personal space your yeah. private property like you should absolutely have a hundred percent right to protect your private property right otherwise it's not private property is it and i think it becomes public property as soon as it's not okay for you to protect it you know what so true. i worked for this right this is mine right yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Like, I remember, uh, I'll, I'll tell the story quickly in Chinatown. I watched mm-hmm. uh, a girl rob a guy at a bank teller with a knife. Yeah. I, I didn't see it happen, but she came out holding a knife in cash, and she mm-hmm. was a street person, and a Chinese guy came running out, $200, $200. And I'm like, oh, he just got robbed. Yeah. So I chased her down. I chucked her into a corner. She attacked me with a knife, and I knocked her out. It doesn't... As you do. As you do. (laughs) Um, I've never hit a woman uh, other than that one, and I hit her so damn hard I thought I killed her. (laughs) She didn't come to for about nine minutes. I called... Yeah, she was like out, out. Did you give her the... What is it? Chris Tucker, where you stand over? You (laughs) got knocked the fuck out. (laughs) No, I didn't didn't do that, but uh, um, I, I watched how devastating it was to that guy, and then... When the police officers showed up, I had to explain what I did. And I knew them all. And they would correct me as I was talking. And like, no, 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 you were really afraid, right? And I was yeah, like... You were scared for your life, weren't you? And in my head, I was like, well, not really. I was just a crazy bitch. I knocked her out. Yeah. <laughs> and they kept repeating. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was afraid. I was really afraid. I see where you're going with <laughs> this, yes. And so even when I ran Submit Self-Defense here in town, I was teaching martial arts. We had a police officer that came and trained with us, and I'm not allowed to say his name because he's not supposed to do that stuff. But we would sit down and talk about, like, if you were defending your house. It doesn't matter what you do. It really doesn't. And it matters how you explain it to the police and how you explain it to the judge. And you just have to articulate that it was the damnedest thing. I've never seen anybody <laughs> fall on a pair of scissors 27 times before. He just kept getting up and slipping on yeah. the blood. Well, and, and I've seen examples of that, right? There yeah. was a, 
there was a fella that uh, was caught doing something by another fella, <laughs> and uh, he he may or may not have been thrown from a vehicle. Okay, but he fell out. <laughs> Right? Of course he did. He was trying to get out on yeah, his yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just being, couldn't catch him before he fell yeah, out. Yeah, we were trying to take him to the police, do the right thing, and <laughs> sort of fell out of the vehicle. Yeah. my uh, A couple of times. The, <laughs> the buddy of mine, uh, thing. The, the police officer, mm-hmm. he is like six foot four, 300 pounds, all muscle, pro boxer. Like, scariest man on the planet, nearly. Um, he hit me so hard one day, my mouth guard came on and knocked the tile loose in the church. That's how hard he hits. <laughs> it was hard. Did he loosen any chiclets? No, I had the mouth guard in. Nice. It just, yeah, it was, uh, rang my bell pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he was telling me, uh, all of us, a story where he had gone to a domestic. So he had knew this couple, happens lots. He was walking up the stairs. He's got nine guys behind him. Like, they, they travel in gangs like nobody else. And there's uh, my buddy out front. And as he's walking up the door, the husband's in the door, like, screaming, come on, let's do this. Let's get her done. <laughs> like, just, like, hillbilly losing his mind. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this the, the police officer gets up to him. The guy attacks the police officer. He runs down, throws an uppercut to the body, and cracks this guy so hard that the police officers pulled the guns because they said it sounded like a gunshot. And he had a, like, whoa, everyone stop, 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 stop. He had to back him down. That's how hard he hit the guy. Wow. He crushed him, like, <laughs> tore his liver out, broke some ribs, crushed him. And yeah. then he says, um, you know, they the, the guy charged him with uh, undue violence or whatever. I can't think what the charge is. Shouldn't yeah. give me that damn rum stuff. That stuff is so Fair. good. The um, There's a little splash left. Okay, up. well, then I'll have that, and you can have the last beer. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, I'm in. All right. I had several tastes of this. Oh, look at that. It's like mother's milk. Yep. All right. Um, so anyways, I'm like, well, what did you tell the judge when this guy is saying that, like, you abused him? Because you most definitely did. You didn't need to hit him that hard. And he goes, well, you know, you want to make sure that it's over quick. I get that from a police officer's standpoint. For sure. And he just told the the, the judge in his clear a voice that you can imagine I feared for my life this guy was so violent and psychotic I didn't think that I was going to be able to survive this altercation even though he had nine police officers behind him even though he had a taser even though he had a billy club even, even though, though he, he had outsized them about five to one yeah yeah and and as long as you can articulate it well you can sort of get away with anything right it just has to be you know within the rules of what you know the judge will accept and I, I don't blame the police officer for it and then when I went to court and had to talk to I didn't get charged with anything but I had to be there as a person so when you're a security guard and you arrest somebody there's some rules about having to arrest them Right. I just had to go explain that I followed the rules, so um, and I did. But you have to go to court to do it. Um, and one of the big things is that you can never lose sight as a civilian arresting somebody, right? If you lose sight, even for a second, you can't arrest them anymore. Really? It's part of the laws in Canada. Okay. So as a civilian, you have to see the crime. Yep. And then you have to never lose sight of the perpetrator. And then you have to subdue them. You have to control them. And then you have to read them uh, Miranda rights. Uh, it's not necessarily that you read them your rights. You just have to let them know, listen, I'm doing a citizen's arrest. I'm going to hold you here until the authorities show up. Please stop moving. 
basic, basic stuff. And I did all that stuff, although she was out cold, but I still said it out loud because there's people. Sure. Yeah, there's people starting to gather <laughs> There's people gathering around as I was the big guy life. in the blue shirt <laughs> cracks them like 110-pound girl in the mouth. And, yeah, she was, yeah. Dude, I've never, like, she pulled a knife. I never hit someone that hard. And it just, everything lined up perfectly. And it was like, the cleanest shot to the jaw that I could ever expect. And she Kinda just sounded like you enjoyed it a little bit. A little bit. Like <laughs> it's like a good golf shot, right? When you hear that ball click off the end of your club, like right, you, you know you did it right. Like... That's what it was. Yeah. Um so I had to go to court and so Chinatown's a very, very <coughs> busy place. Like the streets are always packed down there. And so her lawyer was like, well, how did you keep track of her in that big crowd? I'm like, I'm a foot taller than everybody else in Chinatown. <laughs> and the, the lawyer and the judge laughed. And uh, anyway, she ended up going to jail. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble for cracking her. So yeah, it's it. You just got to explain it, right? You got to be able to... You got to use the right sequence of words. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you're dealing with an insurance company, as far as I understand, right? If, if you hit a deer with your car... Mm-hmm. You need to word it that the deer hit you, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's and it is a thing, right? If if yeah. you hit the deer, then that's, that's your, your fault. fault, right? <laughs> well, obviously the deer was just standing there, so I ran him over. Yeah, but if the deer jumped into the road and struck your car, yeah, then that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. That happened to my wife. Yeah. Uh, it's Bridge. It's messy, hey. Well, no, the deer literally hit her car. She was yeah. driving uh, on Cafro, or just about to get on Cafro Bridge, and it came over the edge and hit the side of her car. Yeah. So it literally hit her car. <laughs> yeah, so it just knocked the mirror off. That was it. Scared yeah, the poop out of her, though. Yeah, yeah. probably scared the crap out of the deer, too. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I remember uh, following this girl home from the lake one time. It was a young man. We were at this the, is in BC? Yeah, yeah, in BC. So I think we were up uh, North Barrier Lake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we're driving back on dirt road, and I got an, had an old 65 Jeep pickup. She's nice. driving a little Chevy Sprint or something like that, a little yeah. Firefly or whatever. She's up ahead, and I'm following, and uh, Black Bear runs out of the bush. Oh. And she probably was only going like 40, 50 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Hits this Black Bear with the Firefly, and it rolls up over the hood, pops a crap out on her window, and <laughs> it takes off running down <laughs> the woods, right? Oh. So we're kind of all stopped in disbelief. You know, go out and look. And yeah, the front end of the car is pretty creamed in. There's a <laughs> big turd. <laughs> turd there, but the bear is unscathed, right? It, yeah, yeah. yeah. So probably bring that one to the insurance company, right? So, yeah. I saw an accident on uh, Crotide out by, um, uh, is it Cochrane? Cochrane. Yeah. So I was heading into Cochrane, this lady's coming out, and a moose, same thing, like mm. it was a Sunfire or something like that, a little Pontiac piece of crap car. I watched her hit right directly underneath the moose. Yeah. So what happened was the, the hood of the, or the, the roof of the car, um, the window caved in, the roof of the car acted like a knife and cut the belly off of the moose. Oh. Um, and she's inside going, ah! <laughs> Mouth wide open. Oh, she yeah. literally, I, I watched the whole thing go down. And I was slowing down to like, I didn't know if the moose was going to run or she was going to skid out of control. And so I slowed right down and I was looking. The moose hit the ground dead, didn't move. Yeah, and she gets out of the car, spitting wads of grass out of her mouth. So whatever was in the moose's stomach landed up inside no. of her mouth. It was the grossest thing uh, that I had ever seen. Wow, that's way grosser than the grossest thing I've <laughs> ever seen. 
<laughs> it was I watched horrific. a horse get a get its eyeball knocked out, and that was one of the grossest things I've ever a seen. A horse? Yeah, one oh. horse reared up and hoofed, the, hoofed the other one right in the face, and its eyeball was hanging down the side. Oh. That was one of the grossest things I've seen. But yours definitely tops that. that yeah, this, that, like, I felt so bad. I yeah. couldn't even pull over. Like I was grossed out so much. I'm like, I'm just gonna keep driving. <laughs> Someone else will help her. Yeah, you win. That's yeah, gross. that was awful. She did not win. That no. was a bad day for her. I bet. You know what? If people talk about how dangerous Australia is. Like, there's like ten of the deadliest creatures in the world. We got some deadly freaking creatures here in Canada too. Well, hitting a moose is bad news, right? Yeah. Because they're so tall. Yeah, the deer even they come through yeah. your front windshield. That's three hundred pounds of meat hitting you in the face. That's not going to be pleasant at all. No, no. And I think it's something like maybe it's all of North America, but uh, it's something like hundred and some hunters a year die from a deer kicking the shit out of them. <laughs> I enjoy watching those videos. Do you ever see that one where the wife's like recording the husband? And he's out there and he's put the the deer urine or whatever all over himself, trying to get close to this herd of caribou or something, right? Yeah. And then this uh, white-tailed buck comes running out of the bushes and just pistol whips this guy like he's up on his back legs, just hoping it to up. Yeah, yeah. And the wife's like, "Oh my god!" But the the, the camera never, never <laughs> hardly wavers. Right, it's a little bit of a shimmy. She's like, "Oh my god!" He's yeah. like, doesn't even put cross the camera down and come give me a hand, yeah, lady. Throw the camera at the deer or something. Like, don't help your husband. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. so crazy. Do you remember uh, Faces of Death? Yeah. So there was a video in Faces of Death, and it was uh, Death by Bear. And so it was at one of those garbage dumps, and there was a bunch of cars lined up, and they're all watching the bear. And there was a camera on uh, one side and, like, a 20-foot span, another camera in another car, and they're filming the bears. Well, the guy in one of the cars decided to get out. His name was Bob, because you could hear it on the wife's camera nonstop (laughs) that it was Bob. Bob, this is a bad idea, Bob. (laughs) That's it, Bob. Bob, Bob, be careful. You sure you want to put honey on your hand, Bob? (laughs) Exactly. So Bob gets out of the car and figures he's going to hand feed the bear some bread. Bob's a genius. Bob's a genius. So he he goes walking out, and dude in the car is like, I can't stop filming this because I know (laughs) this is going to... I'm not even helping this guy. This is natural selection. Exactly. So the two cameras are going, and Bob gets out, and the bear's like, hey, look, there's a dude with some uh, bread comes walking over. Doesn't even look at the bread, just swats Bob to the ground and starts gnawing on him. And the wife is screaming, and the other car is like, you can see, he just starts shaking. Like, he doesn't know what to do, but the camera starts shaking. And then uh, uh, the cameras get back focused on the bear again, and he's walking away, and there's like a full arm just hanging out of his mouth. And there's Bob playing between two cars. Dead is dead. Dead is dead. Yeah, I think they're pretty quick. There's a guy, um, I was on an Ancana site. Uh, up in Fort Nelson, uh, a few hours up the high grade. And I was off on days off, and uh, I come back and find out that one of the rig sites just over from where we were, uh, while I was on days off, there's a fella, uh, one of the MWD hands. So, so they set up a bunch of trailers alongside the the, sh- uh, the location there, yeah, where like the command center and where everybody stays and works out of. And uh, this guy was walking from one to the other, and a black bear came out from between the shacks and attacked this guy and started dragging him Damn. back, right? So, I mean, guys were throwing, like, whatever was on the matting Rocks around there. One guy had a, a, a bow and some practice arrows, and they are shooting this, and another guy's, like, throwing drill bits at it, and, like, they Nothing it had a hold of the guy's head, and, yeah, he's done. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's one point, and they can crush a skull. Like they yeah. can, they can kill a moose. Yeah, we got nothing. So We're... for a while after that, there was electric fences around all the, the 
rig sites and yeah better screens on the garbage cans and yeah yeah you know, the due diligence and then the bear <laughs> attack courses oh my god there's a lot of paperwork involved with something uh, like i that, could right? imagine yeah. who would be a safety officer on that site uh, yeah, yeah. That would be a crappy day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, uh, I, I think we missed something. We could have. <laughs> <laughs> I've had uh, two run-ins with bears. Um, didn't survive both of them. I uh, didn't have to fight anybody. I was willing, though. Nice. What's that? Survive both of them. Survive both of them. So, uh, the very, very first one was on the island camping. And uh, the girl I was camping with, she had a um, convertible Volkswagen Rabbit. Yep. And uh, so that's what we're using, and our stove died. So I was like, oh, you just hang on the campsite. I'll drive to town. I'll go buy a new stove. And as I'm driving down the road, top down, um, there walks this big black bear right in the middle of the road. So I throw it in neutral. I got my hand on the e-brake. I'm just letting her coast a little bit. I'm like, I'll grab a camera, and I'll get a picture. And as I'm, like... Uh-huh. gliding up to this bear with no sound. He kind of looks at me and he just walks into the woods. So I yank the e-brake, I hop out, I run about 15 feet in the woods, still trying to get the picture. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I got this vision. Don't be like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I got this vision in my head of the bear sitting, like arm on the car, yeah. waiting for me. Yeah. That's what hit my head. I went, what the hell am I doing? So I spun around, got back in the car, and just started driving. Yeah. Of course, good no, call. Good, good call. call. Yeah. Yeah. You almost bobbed that one. I yeah. almost bobbed that one. And then uh, the next time was in Kananaskis here. My daughter, was, she was about three, three, maybe four years old. And we're camping in Kananaskis. And you can walk into those sanctuaries where they've got them like kind of barriered off. And they've got yeah. signs up like, don't touch the, the nest and don't touch the flowers and stuff like that. So I'm reading this to my daughter, and I step over the barricade, and I go to reach down to grab her to pick her up. We'll get over the barricade, and like 20 feet away, there's a black bear. I'm like, holy shit. So I start yelling and screaming at this thing, and it just kind of looks at me, and it kind of lowers its head a little bit. And I'm like, holy crap. Like that's I just imagine like a Growing book. up, they were always around where, where I lived, right? I, yeah. that, this is only my second time seeing yeah. one live, and so I'm freaking out as I'm screaming at it it's not doing nothing so I get up on the barricade and I'm waving my arms and I'm screaming at it <laughs> and finally it goes yeah and it walks off into the woods yeah it didn't care didn't care but I didn't know picked yeah. up my daughter and I ran the completely opposite way <laughs> into the woods <laughs> trying to take the long way away out and back to the campsite and you go to tell the rangers and they come out do whatever the bear yeah they run me. around and shoot with rubber bullets and get it mad and then <laughs> exactly <laughs> we went to a campsite once and they were doing that were, oh, so there's a bear in the area and we're, we're just chasing it out with rubber bullets and you could hear him for hours like driving around on four wheelers <laughs> pew 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 right and i'm thinking in my mind i'm going so now there's this angry bear yeah yeah and it's He's all bruised the up campsite, getting shot out with rubber bullets like it's gonna just thinking up. to myself oh son of yeah, a bitch first like, guy without a gun's it. gonna get it right exactly <laughs> so much um, rage yeah, yeah, no, we grew up around, uh, like, there's just black bears everywhere we growing yeah. up. But we, what part of BC did you grow up in? Uh, just north of Kamloops. So, okay. Uh, yeah, barrier. Yeah. Okanagan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, yeah, I mean, there's nothing. You go to the dump, there'd be seven, eight bears foraging around in the dump. So yeah. Throw, throw your stuff Throw out, your garbage at them. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. They've got a new uh, method. I believe they started this in BC, too, where um, if they have a bear that's constantly coming into town being a nuisance, they yeah. used to just shoot them, just kill them. Yeah, now know. they trap them, take them out in the bush and shoot them. Well, <laughs> most of the places, they, they're trying this new method where the, I can't remember the name of the dog, but they're bear hunting dogs. Right. So they have five or six of them, and they, get, they trap that bear, and they take them out to the woods. Yeah. And then they let the dogs go. 
And so this bear is inside that cage, the the bear trap, and these dogs are just like, I will fucking kill you. And they're just going, and they leave it go for about an hour, hour and a half, till the dogs are almost hoarse. Like they're they're losing their minds. They need to get this bear, and the bear's trapped. And then they open up the cage and let the bear out, and then the dogs chase it down till they, I mean, the dogs aren't going to do anything to it, but the bear is so stressed out, and the dogs are so fucked. He's like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. And he does, they find it works. He doesn't come back to town anymore, so they don't have to kill it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's a, a new method that they're using trying to preserve the life of bears. And now, the new rule in BC is you're not allowed to hunt bears at all. So when I was about 16, we had this uh, black bear coming into our property all the time, and it was eating fruit off the trees, and it was freaking the horses out. Yeah. At the time, we didn't uh, we didn't have a bigger dog. Uh, just a couple little yappy ones right, right yeah. around. And uh, so anyway, it was kind of like, okay, there's two choices here. We sit up at night and wait for it to come to the garbage cans and yeah. blow it away. Pop it away. Or, you know, do we call the... Fish and wildlife, you know, we come out here and put up a trap. So we, yeah, okay, that's the more humane thing to do. Yeah. Bear hasn't hurt anybody's livestock. It's just eating fruit and yeah. fucking up the fence and doing what bears do, right? Yeah. So fish and wildlife come in, set up a trailer with a cage in it. Bam, that night got him, right? Yeah. Because he was in our garbage cans <laughs> every night, right? You go out every morning just like, ah. So load it in there, uh, you know, ask them as they're, Hitching the truck back out to it. Yeah. So what are you gonna do with it? Where you know you take it out of town and let it go, and they're like, "Oh no, we'll take it just outside of town and put it down." Right. Right. Like, so you're gonna shoot it? He's yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, fuck. Well, I, I could have done that myself. I could have had a bearskin rug out of this deal, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, I have a buddy who's an RCMP officer, and he wanted to be. He's not the guy that was driving stranger. back and forth over the deer, was he? No, no. Was it too soon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, he uh, he wanted to be a wildlife officer, and right. then he realized, well, 90% of my job is just killing animals. That's what you do. If they get hurt, you shoot them. If a that's bear right. comes in a nuisance, you kill it. And that's just the, the game that they play. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. And then he became an RCMP officer in uh, Radium? No. Right. L- little town in the Okanagan. And that's all he did. <laughs> he just drove around <laughs> shooting moose and deer. Yeah, so may first, as well have just chased his dream because he got there anyway. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. He, uh, the story was so funny. The first time he got a call, there was a wounded moose that got clipped by a car. Leg was broken. It was limp around some guy's front yard. So he shows up and he, he radios in. And he's like, yeah, can we get uh, fish and wildlife out here? And they're like, nope. He's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? He's like, yeah, you need to shoot the moose. Really? You're going to make me shoot the moose? <laughs> and he's not a hunter. Like, he, he loves wildlife. And, you know, if anything, he's hunting them with a camera. Right. And they're like, no, 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 you got to shoot the moose. And they're like, dude, seriously, like, get a, get a wildlife guy out here and let make him do it. He goes, no, 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 you shoot him. You have a winch in the back of your truck. You're going to yeah. haul him in the back of your truck, take him out, and let the wolves have him. So he has to keep his job. He's got to do it. So he shoots his moose. In the front yard with everybody watching, he says he's got tears like pouring down his face. I'm sorry, Mr. Moose. Yeah, he's <laughs> hucking the, the winch around the moose's neck to haul it into the back of the pickup truck. You wouldn't let him take it to the vet, hey? <laughs> <laughs> no, can, uh, can you take bullet wounds out of a moose? I don't know. <laughs> it depends where they go in, I guess. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so uh, it was a funny camping story because he's still welling up with tears as he's telling the story. Uh-huh. He's used to it now. He can. Uh, he's callous hers. now. He's hardened. He's callous He's now. ready to take on his first human. Damn, we're two hours in. Oh, well. Yeah. Hour 40? Yeah, there we go. You, uh, you got to have a beer. Yeah. What do you got to tell us? Uh, well, you yeah. know, don't... <laughs> 
<laughs> Put you on the spot. Sagely advice? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's uh, mind, best... mind your business. <laughs> if I can give anybody any advice, mind your own business. Yeah. You know what? It serves me well. Yeah. I, I think more people need to, to learn that. <laughs> Their own business. Yeah. I had a buddy come on the podcast. He was a ex-soldier, a martial artist, yeah. super tough guy, big into politics. You know, he did time in Afghanistan and all that. And I'm, I said, well, you know, I just kind of mind my own business. And he is like pissed at me. He's like, how do you not get involved? Like, you know, need to know everything about politics. You need to know what your neighbors are doing. You need to. And I'm like... It seems like a whole bunch of work that I don't want to do. I'm glad I got guys like you. Yeah, who am I collecting intel for? I, I, yeah. I agree to some extent. We need to have a, a bit of a better understanding of what's going on yeah. with our leaders. And, yeah. and I think if more people knew less of what's happening would happen. Yeah. Right? You'd have less people getting away with the stuff they're getting away with. I agree. Uh, on the political spectrum, I think. So I, I think we do owe it to ourselves to educate ourselves on on a bit of the policies that our government's shoving down our throats here. But yeah, at the end of the day, mind your own business is great advice. I think so too. <laughs> right. You can, you can skate through pretty easily mining. It's your pretty own drama free. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. All right. Let's end on something more, um, exciting than politics. Uh, what could be more exciting than politics? Do you believe in aliens? Of course. Seriously? Of course. Like like little green men coming in, or the, what do they look like? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I haven't seen one. <laughs> I just have to assume they're out there. There's so many planets. There, there's got to be something. Really? Sure. I don't buy it. No? You I think just... everything else is cold and dead on the whole universe? No, so I, I believe in the I'm not theory. saying they're necessarily intelligent or involved. I'm just saying okay. there has to be something else out there. That's what I believe. I believe that there's a virus or a bacteria. Um, That's it, though? Buried deep in a rock no somewhere. No evolved species. I don't think so. I I, I don't think so. So If they were evolved more than us, there might be something less evolved than us. And that's why I kind of lean towards bacteria and viruses and and stuff like that. They just haven't found the environment where they can grow. We're it? We're the the, the specimen? The the one? I do. I do. Wow, that's going to be disappointing for the rest (laughs) of the universe. Like, if this is. I would love it. It would be so cool if there was something like smarter than us that came down to earth and wanted (laughs) to slap some sense into us, make us better, like give us the. And maybe it's Elon Musk. Maybe he's from outer space, right? Maybe I don't know. There's theories about that. The Um, uh, you ever read? uh, Well, there's that passage in Ezekiel, right, where they're talking about. uh, You know, he describes. The thing in the sky, and it's like a wheel within a wheel, and it's yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. sounds to me like he's describing a flying saucer. Right? right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's possible. It's possible as an asteroid too, or a comet, or but there was uh, like a conversation or something. There was like a. Trans- I have to look that one up. I'm I think not well versed in that. I don't remember if there was a conversation or not, but there was there was an interaction there. Okay, and it was you piqued my interest now. Yeah. So. uh Look up Ezekiel, producer guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the Bible. E-Z-E-K-I-A-L. You can Is say it right? into the phone, yeah. Uh, just Google. It's not, um, it's not too far into it. It's an interesting passage. A friend of mine pointed it out to me years ago, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I kind of. I think about a little bit and then, the Bible uh, as a, so you got to think about when it was written yeah. and what they would have thought when they saw something, right? Exactly, so, right? So like the burning bush and all that stuff, right? What yeah. is that? actually right do you know what you want to know one theory about the burning bush 
So the the bush that would have been the most prominent at that time would have been the acacia bush. Mm -hmm. And the acacia bush has got the highest level of DMT of all organic products on the planet. So if that bush was burning, you know, DMT, dimethyltryptamine or ayahuasca, is considered the god drug, right? Everyone that does it, they they have like this god. So he had a conversation with this He had a conversation with God, but if it was burning, then he was smoking DMT and he went to a different realm. That's a cool theory. I never even thought of that one. Have you heard the one about Amascara, Amascara mushrooms? No. So there are these uh, uh, like white mushrooms with bright red spots on them. They're, they're very, very beautiful. Yeah. But the story behind it, I'm going to get this totally wrong. I should have researched more. But basically, it's the story <laughs> behind Santa Claus. Um, and uh, so even some of the, I'm trying to remember now, the, the, the Latin name for the mushroom has something to do with like the, the juices of God or the semen of God or, or something. It's so weird when you look at the history of this specific mushroom and it's a psychedelic sure. mushroom. Sure. And so it, it brings you back to like Santa Claus and God and, and all these kinds of things. So it's one of the theories on how... Maybe next podcast we'll have to try some of those <laughs> <laughs> conversations. will probably get a When little... they're legal. Yeah. When they're legal, we'll do it. Yeah. Well, we don't have to air it. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff in the Bible revolving around psychedelics and stuff like that. There's, For there's sure. a yeah. ton of people that believe that that's that's how it was written. Uh, there's the stoned ape theory that that's how we evolved from monkey to man was that we ate psychedelic mushrooms and so when and better we, thoughts yeah. better thoughts and yeah. you're more creative and then all of a sudden you stand upright and you go looking for more mushrooms. You're getting out of the tree and um, yeah, I don't know if I buy that one. What'd you find? That's the Amascara mushrooms. Okay. So take a look at those pretty buggers. Be hard not to want to eat that, eh? Those things will mess you up. Okay. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Look up up the story about those uh, mushrooms. It's even the color of danger. Yeah. yeah. What's it called? The Amanita muscaria. Amanita muscaria. That's right. Amanita muscaria uh, mushrooms. And that's basically that mushroom... In some people's minds, is the um, the uh, origin story of Santa Claus and the oh, wow yeah that's a yeah that's a stretch. There was something to do with reindeer <laughs> peeing on them, and so that's how it's linked into the story. I can't remember exactly what it was. All right, it's so crazy. I want to hear your theory on Easter then. And now we got the chocolate eggs and, <laughs> and rabbits, leaving them for the kids. That's got to be Cadbury. That's got to be that's, that's got to be Cadbury. Yeah, yeah. I just that, that's just a it's just, just corporate, just corporate. All nothing corporate. to do with shrooms. I yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that story, so I don't have a theory. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy though when you think about the stuff that's natural on this planet that we've made illegal, right? Uh, ketamine, uh, psilocybin, LSD. Well, think about the word legal for a minute, though. Yeah, uh, it's someone else's law. Yes. Fuck them. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> I, I didn't write the law. Right. I didn't agree to it. Yeah. Um, I, I do my best to be a good citizen, and I try to not obviously bring extra bullshit into my life by going right. out and purposefully breaking laws. Right. But I don't spend a lot of time regarding them either. 
you know what? There, there's a, a moral stand that I think good men have, right? Like, yeah. you don't cheat on your wife. You don't hit people that uh, uh, unless it's in defense. You, you know, there's all these things that good people do. And so if that good person wants to go and smoke a joint or eat a mushroom or have some DMT, why, why are we stopping or them? Or jaywalk or, you know right. what I mean? Or not park. Go fishing. Sideways about, in about a parking without a license. Or whatever, like. It's off, right? I'm not hurting anybody. It blows yeah, my going fishing without a license once every five years, like whatever. Yeah, bite me. I I sort of get some of the laws, like the hunting laws, because if you don't put a law on it, then some asshole's going to want to kill everything because he can make money. Oh, and it's it. been proven that happens. That's right? right. We almost killed every buffalo in Canada and every well, we or well, yeah, or is it the people te- that are still <laughs> legally allowed to hunt them? <laughs> it technically wasn't any of us because that was way before we were even alive. Exactly. Human well, beings can do some pretty miserable things. Yeah, agreed. Sorry, Eric, you were saying something. We got some dead airspace. We can't hear you. That's all right. Well, in, uh, in, like at my school, we were talking about it at one point. Talking about like, what? Like the buffalo thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing all the buffaloes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. millions. Regina. Isn't it Regina that that name means pile of bones? Uh, maybe, yeah. There was a, I, I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm going to plead ignorance on that one. I think it's a native <laughs> word that meant pile of bones, and it was buffalo bones. But there was, a, at some point, there was a, a, a herd that was sort of brought back and uh, or revitalized and like yeah. up to three 400 head or something. They were released up north, and they were completely wiped out. Really? Uh, yeah, like wolves? Huh? Was it wolves or just weather? Natives. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why wouldn't they? They got the ability. I guess. They're allowed like, to. Yeah, I don't that's yeah it's unfortunate it is the um yeah there, there's always going to be bad people out there we have to have laws in place we we just have to i feel like one one of canada's biggest problems is that our laws are so um so selective for different groups of people yeah and that's a problem they're not they're not straight across not the universal. board for everybody right yeah and and that's problematic it's not and I don't know if that makes me a racist person for thinking that everybody in this country should be tr- treated exactly the same. If you're going to have rule of law, rule of law needs to apply to every man equally. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, One of the ones that stands out for and me I, is and the I'm not necessarily, bike helmets. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not yeah. pinpointing natives per se, but like the, the Sikhs with Sikhs. the motorcycle helmets. Yeah. If you're going to abolish uh, their need to, to wear a motorcycle helmet by law, then just wipe it off the board for everybody. I agree. Like, right? what's the big deal if, if you want to ride? In my mind, it's natural selection anyway. If you want to ride around on a motorcycle 120 kilometers an hour on pavement without a helmet on, yeah, uh, and you wipe out, people are going, well, what about the medical expenses? I assure you, there's if none. you're going over 60 kilometers an hour and you get hit by a car without a helmet on, there's no expenses. It's, the what's the cost end, to it's, pick up It's whatever needs. it costs to hose the guy into the ditch. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. I agree, yeah. Uh, and that's it, right? Yeah. Um, that's so, one that I could stand for uh, wholeheartedly. Like it, it's got to be even across the board. You can't make a law for a man and not for a woman. You well, can't make a and, law for and why can I not hunt and someone else can, or why can yeah you know what I mean yeah uh, why do I pay tax and someone else doesn't right yeah or you know uh, there's 
I'm sure there's many examples if you got into yeah. it, right? I know uh, one of them from a construction standpoint was uh, the First Nation. So the, the government of Canada is doing like one last sweep of all the reservations, yeah. bringing all their homes up to a livable standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're paying all big corporations, Leadcor and Canna and, and all those companies to, to do these renovations across Canada. And they're saying, we're done. We're not doing it anymore. We fixed your houses for the last... 60 years 70 years whatever it was uh, we've given you money for it and you know some chiefs have stolen it some of it's got pissed away on other things we're not doing it anymore me and you I don't have anything against First Nations um, you know and, my, and there's been a lot of atrocities uh, against sure. against those people yes and and not that long ago not that long ago right a lot of them were very you know, very recent, yeah. like within 30, 40 years, lots of bad yeah. stuff with the schools and, and things like that. But I think a lot of people feel like, you know, generations have gone by and generations have gone by. Yeah. And at what point does a nation of people quit apologizing to someone they conquered? I don't think that it's beneficial <laughs> for the First Nations to keep taking stuff from Canada um, you know, there there was a, a test done quite a few years ago. Uh, it was on the, the black population where they took a bunch of black kids and they took a bunch of white kids and they did a test. So they had these um, five cartoon heads and they mm-hmm. went from white to dark and they just progressively got uh, darker on it. And they would ask all the white kids, which one is good? Which one is bad? Which one is happy? Which one is mad? And so all the white kids... Just based on the color alone? Just There's based no on the... facial expressions? No facial it? expressions are well, all that's just... That's an interesting test. Right? And so all the white kids had basically said all the negative stuff were one of the darker ones and all the good stuff were one of the, the lighter ones. And that's what they would know, right? They were in a house with white people, so they thought white and people I imagine were it went the opposite way for the... No? No. So when they asked the black kids, they said the white ones were the good, positive things and the black ones were the new. So there is... Interesting. Genetically, inside of a population of people where they don't believe that they're good or they're beautiful or they're happy because of the years of abuse and being told they're one thing or another. And I believe that's the same thing that's happened with First Nations in Canada. They've been abused for so long that they don't even believe that they're worthy or have the ability to do something um, outside of you know what they've grown up in. So Interesting. there's always people that'll come out of bad situations situations and be better right the one percent that'll excel well and i feel like um in any situation anybody's situation uh, dwelling on the past is never the answer right right the situation is what the situation is and i it is sure, what it that is. sounds horrible probably yeah. for me as a privileged white male to say and something we are like for that sure. and we are for yeah. sure i guess to every extent of the word yeah I feel like I've I've still worked my ass off for everything I have, and that's uh, but sure. I mean, it definitely, yeah. we've had some advantages that other cultures don't. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in any situation where you spend time dwelling on the past and not dealing with the now, right? Uh, you're ultimately fucking yourself out of anything good that's that's coming down the road. I, I can't agree more, but when you add trauma to it, so a buddy of mine that's RCMP worked up north and high level. He had done a bunch of like um, schooling through the RCMP about understanding the First Nations and what they go through and why they do what they do. And we have yep. a lot of studies revolving around this is that we, we broke them as a culture. Like we took away everything. Like we conquered in the way that Vikings conquered, right? Like you're going to do it our way. Um, um, they yeah. they completely stolen everything away from them, and my question is okay. Well, now we understand why they act the way they do, but what do we do to fix it? 
and and buying the is houses. It our, but is it work. our responsibility four generations or five or six or eight generations later to be responsible for the repair of that? I think as humanity, <clears throat> we have some responsibility in helping people up. So regardless uh, why they went agreed. down, right? Agreed. That, um, but we realize that buying houses and giving grants and and not allowing or don't or you know allowing them not to pay taxes and to hunt and fish when they want those haven't worked. Like you got to look at whether it's working or not. We haven't taken the the First Nations population and made them better. We haven't helped them as a whole. There's opportunities for the ones that want to do it on their own. They can pull out and do great, and, and there's they lots do. Of them that do, and they do. So that's the, I guess that would be my case on that yeah. situation. And I'm not. Again, man, I'm not trying to get into a no. big uh, philosophical racist argument or anything. I just, I, I feel like, um, you know, the, if somebody's trying to help themselves, yeah, it's a lot easier to help them. Oh, for sure. Right? If somebody's, yeah, yeah. if somebody's got no interest in being helped, and yeah. and maybe they don't want to assimilate into our culture, and I get that. Yeah, and I don't think but, they should have to. Then they shouldn't. Right. But if if that's the way we're going to go, then let's just yeah. settle it out of court and get it done. And here's your chunk. Here's our chunk. And, <laughs> and I think that's where you, right? the government of Canada is at now is that they're, they're kind of drawing a line in the sand and going, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably have to come up with something down the road. I, I got some flack from a pastor that I had because uh, I worked in Vancouver's Chinatown as a security guard and, and I got to watch what homeless people were like. Yeah. And what I realized when I was down there, and it's not all, but most of the people down there, they don't want to have a job. They don't want to pay rent. They don't want to pay bills. They don't want to have responsibility. That's why they're living on the streets. They tried it out. They didn't like it. Right. <laughs> the, you know what? The, the people that want it, there's lots of opportunities. There's a thousand sure. organizations that are going to help you get out of there. And yet we have still have a pile of homeless people with all this stuff in there. And I remember the pastor saying, hey, we're going to do this big thing. We're going to go down and we're going to help with the homeless. Do you want to come? I'm like, no. Well, no, and no, that's no. just it, right? So you, you get into a situation where... This is the this is what I think you need for help, right? Uh, and they're going like, that's not what we want. That's right. right? I don't, and, I don't uh, have a house, and and I get where they're coming from on that one, hundred percent. Right? This yeah. was our culture. Yeah. This is how we lived. You've taken that away from us. We can't get that back. Right. So we're pissed. Right. right. And you're going, okay. I'm sure they're confused. But because what can I do? It, you know what, what can, can I do? do? Here's a hockey bag of money. Oh, that didn't fix it. Yeah. Okay. Here's a chunk of land. Well, that didn't fix it. Okay. Uh, well, let's try and give them some jobs. So they don't want jobs. Right. Um, there, there's a yeah, Dr. Do Jordan do? Peterson has uh, uh, designed a program. It's called a self-authoring program, and so they implemented it in colleges and universities across Canada to test out this program. Yeah. Um, and what they found was when you learn how to set goals and you write them down, mm-hmm. then things actually change. So they reduced. Um, the dropout rate in university of First Nations um, by more than 50% for men and something like 60 or 70% for women, uh, their dropout rate in universities by just doing the self-authoring program. Interesting. Um, and so basically what Sounds you... Sounds like something we could all benefit from. Oh. That man's he's I've smart. been wanting to, he's yeah. smart, yeah. I've been wanting to do it myself. People are writing four and 5,000 word essays about their lives and where they came from. And then, so when you write what the things were that caused you trauma and you acknowledge them, like, oh, this caused this. So I'm not going to do this anymore because it triggers whatever, right? You know, okay. someone, uh, you know, my my wife comes home angry and she says something mean to me. So I say something mean back and we get into a big fight. So when my wife says something mean, 
I'm not going to say anything back. I'm just going to let it go. And then all of a sudden the fights stop, right? Not only so are you able to resolve past issues, but you're going to look forward and you're going to write down like, um, well, I want to graduate university. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means I got to go to class every day. I got to do all the reading and I got to do the homework. How much time does that take? So I'm going to allot five hours a day for classes. I'm going to allot two hours for reading. I'm going to allot another two hours for writing papers. So if I do that every single day, then in four years, I'm going to have a degree, right? This is, this is just the rules of getting through university. We know the stats. We know how much reading Mm -hmm. you have to do. We know how much papers you have to write. Thousands before you have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So they write this stuff all down and then they realize that, well, it's just a matter of today doing the stuff I'm supposed to do today. It's not looking four years in advance and what happens when I graduate? What happens when the bills come in? It's just a day to day set of rules. You can still look in the future. You know what's going to happen in four years, but you know what to do today to make that four-year, eight-year, ten-year plan come true. And they completely uh, changed the dropout rate in university. So it blew my mind how beneficial. And then Bob uh, Wilkie that was on last night um, was talking about the same thing, about how you know it's not just writing down like, I want the big mansion. That's great. Yeah, like all those, uh, oh, you just have to imagine it, right? (laughs) What a crock of shit, right? I mean, that's part of it. It's the first step, though. It is. And and the part that people don't want to accept is that there's nine other steps right behind them. Four, And all of them are super hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the guys, (laughs) I can't remember who said it, but he says, uh, imagine you have uh, three apples. So you put your hands out and you you can picture three apples. He goes, okay, now imagine ten. And you go, oh, 10, that's that's a bit more. Yeah, I have I, to, yeah. you know, cuddle it up or whatever. He goes, can you can you imagine 100? And you think, well, okay, well, if I set them out on a table, it'd probably be about this big. He goes, now imagine a million apples. Yeah. And you're just, you're stunned. Like, would it fill a house? Would it fill a barn? What, what's a million apples look like? Yeah, what's well, the same what's thing? What's a with, thousand, thousand apples look like? Right? Exactly. <laughs> that's the same thing with money and goals. That sometimes they're so big that you yeah. can't even imagine Start how small. to get Let's there. Let's say, hey, you know what? I should save a thousand bucks. There you go, right? Right. The Dave yeah. Ramsey yeah, rule. It's a thousand. Now, do I treat myself to something that costs a thousand, or do I want to see what if yeah. I can make it to two? Exactly. Yeah. That that's those steps you need to take because mm-hmm. you know what three apples look like. But once yeah. you have three apples, you can imagine six really easy. Yeah. Right. And then once you have uh, six apples, you can imagine twelve because you have it in front of you. Yeah, makes and then sense. next thing you know, you have a billion dollars in the bank. That's it. You just have to imagine six apples. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, we did over two hours. Wow. Okay. Damn. I said I would quit Should in we two call hours. It? We're going to call All it. All right. Let's leave on a high note. Uh, if you need any kick ass airbrushing done or some custom tattoos, there you uh, go. come and see me, Paul Nye. Yeah. You need to uh, put the phone, cell number phone out this time? 587 435 4602. Yes. Give him a call. Phone me during daylight hours, please. The midnight <laughs> calls are a bit of a piss off. Nothing after 10. Yeah. We'd try to. Keep it to, during business there hours you go. if you could. That'd be great. What's the tattoo shop you're working at? Uh, right now, I'm at Shellshock Tattoo and Piercing in go Calgary. check them out. Uh, come on down. We'll put all that stuff in the, um, uh, the what? Description. In the <laughs> description. And afterwards. of course, if you need any uh, custom paint, auto body, or auto repercreations. Repercreations. Kicking ass out there, doing some really cool stuff. Dripping chrome. Uh, on on Facegram? Or on uh, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Facegram. Dri- <laughs> yeah, dripping chrome, yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah, Paul, it. thank you so much. I always enjoy it. You have to come back. Um, Absolutely. When I get my tattoos, we're definitely going to put it on camera and get it out there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Maybe we should do a podcast while you're getting a tattoo. 
Dude, I'm in. Kay. That's what we got to do. Done. Can you do it here? Do I have to come down to the shop? You can bring a camera and a mic out there, can't you? Can we bring the boy in? Absolutely. Okay. He's my producer. He has to come with For me. For sure. I don't think you can produce while getting a tattoo. Do you want a tattoo? No, you're not in? Then you better produce. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Paul. Check you guys all out later. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This podcast is over.